What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All right, everybody. It is Thursday night, January 5th, 2023. Happy New Year. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. I am your, well, one of your hosts, the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. I'm going to wrap around the room here and introduce this cast of characters we have here on the podcast tonight, starting with the host of the Rob the Genius podcast, the Minister of Truth, the Father of Facts and Figures, the Deacon of Data, the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling podcast, and the man with the golden shovel, Mr. Rob. Happy New Year. How are you? Oh, uh, I'm doing very well today. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you are, and, and we're going to get to that in just a few moments. We're going to rip the Band-Aid off early here tonight. Woo! And hailing from Cloud9 in the Purple Haze, I think I did that backwards, but I don't care. <laughs> a man destined to go through a barbershop window and a retail worker, Bucky's tag team partner, Jason. Happy New Year, Bubba. Happy New Year, fellas. All right. And sitting fourth chair tonight, the fourth member of this show officially. We made it official a few weeks back. You know, just a uh, good brother to the show, man with the keys to the kingdom and an ear to the ground. Uh, a man who has never met a debate he didn't like. Uh, the yin to Rob Yang and a pain in Rob's ass. <laughs> yes. Mr. Ray Cash. Welcome back to the show, sir. I'm so glad that I found my purpose in life. <laughs> it irritates the hell out of my big brother. <laughs> and, that, and that is officially part of your introduction to the show, sir. <laughs> you are a fly in the ointment and a pain in Rob's ass. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That that gives me so much joy. <laughs> Look at the smile. Y'all should see the smile on the man's face right now. <laughs> oh, what's it's up, amazing. Oh, man. Yes. Hey, Stop. Rob. What's oh. up, big dog? Uh, I'm doing very well. This has been a very good week for me. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, Rob. Rob's had a Rob. Rob got fed last week, last Friday night. Rob got fed. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. I do want to promote. We had a great kickoff show here before we even went live for the podcast. I'm going to have that available on the YouTube channel. Hopefully this weekend. Look us up. Uh, it's the the Mindless Wrestling Podcast on YouTube, and uh, you know check out all the videos we've got there as well as the pre-show huddle we did this week. We got a lot to talk about. Speaking of being fed, wrestling fans got absolutely fed over the last five to seven days. We had, you know, SmackDown from last week, which was the, you know, the return and the one match that John Cena had to wrap out, you know, wrap up 2022. Uh, we had, you know, the, a huge return that night as well that Rob is going to get into and yeah, and run his victory lap while the rest of us, I don't know, drink heavily. And we had Wrestle Kingdom 48 hours ago. Huge news to talk about there. And then because the world of professional wrestling never sleeps, Vince McMahon is at it again. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight, much to Jason's chagrin. But let's start with Charlotte Flair. Rob has been oh. in just just shoot tears for the last few months, ever since she got married and went on like a six-month honeymoon. Rob has been begging for his queen to come back every week. Every week, it wraps up the show. Charlotte, please come back. Charlotte, please come back. And Friday night, Charlotte came back, and I'm going to let Rob take the wheel here. She came back in huge, spectacular fashion. Does anybody have the boo button? 
Oh, I, I need to get a sound bar for this. I got to get with Tony because he's got all this software for me. I need to get a working sound bar so that because I believe me, I've got some great ideas for some sound bars for this show. Before before Rob launches into his, you know, whatever right. we're about to witness, um, I did want to add one little addendum that as things went on, even the last couple months, I was like, Charlotte, Charlotte, please come back. We we do need you. Please come yeah. back. There was so, a real conversation we had about that, yes. But let yeah, Rob have yeah, his, have exactly. his so, so Rob had his moment, and then we're going to talk a little bit about Charlotte because I agree that 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 SmackDown women's roster has needed Charlotte Flair. Rob, the floor is yours. Ah, uh, well, it's been a long, almost eight months, and you know, um, why you got and, the quiet storm voice on, bro? Because, <laughs> because, because, oh, trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to be going up here. Okay, got, you know, you got to, got to build, you got to build. You got to start off Barry White and work his way up. That's right. But, um, <laughs> hey, everybody, it's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it has been, it has been a long seven, almost eight months, and part of it was because, all right, well, because you know she lost around at backlash, and we knew she was going to be gone for a little while. We knew she was going to get married. And but I think everybody figured she'd be wouldn't be gone this long, and so a few months went. You know, SummerSlam came around, and you know she is Miss SummerSlam. She has not lost a match at SummerSlam ever, and so SummerSlam is not the same without her on the show. And that came and went, and that was you know it was a little difficult, but we got through it. And then. You know, it, the months kept going and it kept going and it and, and, and it just it started just it, it was hard, fellas. It was really hard. He may start crying right now. We are. He's emotional. Look at him. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, then, you know, extreme <laughs> rules comes around and, you know, there was people saying, well, maybe she'll come back and attack Ronda after the match is over. And then that doesn't happen. And then, you know, and then, look, we, we started doing this ridiculous fantasy booking for war games and looking back it was totally utterly ridiculous um i mean <laughs> trying to fit her into the match some kind of way because there was there was no there was no honestly there was no sensible way to fit her into that we were just being ridiculous fantasy booking and so that came and went and i looked at the calendar i was like well i mean december is usually when nothing happens in december so okay looks like probably won't be till january probably won't be a royal rumble Man, it's a long time, and it just you know it. And, uh, SmackDown wasn't the same, and and so I was thinking, you know, when they when 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 they made this, you know, once you know, since Cena's coming back for this episode of SmackDown, so obviously it's a big deal. And I thought, you know what, maybe she'll be there, you know, and uh, because you know they had the match with announcer Ronda and Raquel, and so I figured, okay, well, look, you know, look, Raquel's not going to win the title. Right. And um, so I think, OK, we'll do the match and maybe she'll come out and attack Ronda. Maybe she'll challenge Ronda, you know, for. And so they do the match and the match was really good, by the way. And kudos to both of them. I and, Pausing for a minute. I loved the finish to that Raquel and Ronda match where, yeah, I mean, you know, Raquel's it, up on the second rope and she's holding. She, Ronda's got her in the submission and just that she finally gives out. They just. Perfection. That, that, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the no, finish no, okay. the finish to that match was perfection. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, so w- once that was over, 
and then you know Ronda and Shane are like standing in the ring, and that's when I, you know because you know if they're standing in the ring after the match is over, then that's usually a sign that something might be happening. So I was thinking, okay, well right, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens here. This might be it. And then the music hits, and I'm like, yes, this is it, yay! And you know, and it's new music, by the way, and she's got new ring gear on, and she comes out there. And and yeah, I looked at the clock and I was like, you know what? Um, we got a lot of time left in this show. <laughs> we got <it> right. <laughs> and and so when you know Ronda's like, well, you want to challenge me for SummerSlam or you wear one more? And then you know, I said, no, I'm challenging you tonight. I was like, yes, here we go, let's go, yes, 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 because uh, I, I knew, I knew at that point, I was like, okay, either Ronda's gonna bail. But if she doesn't, then 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 we know what time it is. And you know, and then Rhonda said, let's go. And again, let's say Charlotte landed like the big the best big boot of her entire career. That was incredible. I popped so hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that was that was dashed like that thing yeah. was wild. Yeah. And and then she knocked Shayna down off the apron and you know, and at that point, I was, you know, I was, I was jumping. I was like, because I, I was like, okay, yeah, this is it. Because I, I knew at that point, you knew it was coming. And, you know, she went for the spear. And then, I mean, that was a real nice counter that they did, actually. I mean, Ronda rolled through and went for the arm bar. You know, and then she rolled her over and got the three count. And, you know, I was just ecstatic. And then, and then, then look around the crowd and people, people were cheering, right? You know, because, you know, well, I mean, she looks. She's a heel most of the time. So when she does win, you know, that means she beat somebody's, you know, favorite person or something. And you know, and I mean, there have been times. There have been times where she's won the title and then people have cheered, like when she put down the superhero lady. But why you gotta keep bringing that up? But anyway, but yeah, yeah that's like eighteen months ago. Come on, now she's not even a superhero no more. Uh, but, <laughs> but anyway, anyway. So yeah, I mean, just I mean, just just you know, to see that happen and to just. <clears throat> Oh man, it was it was just a wonderful thing because you know I, I and this was I mean because I mean the last few times where she's won a title, you know there are always people complaining and you know and, and all this stuff and it kind of takes the kind of the joy some of the joy out of the moment, you know, and so this time I didn't care. I mean, it was nice to see all those people cheering and everything, but even if, but even, you know, I, I didn't care. You know, I was like, no, we're enjoying this. We're going to celebrate this one. Okay. And because I wasn't, it wasn't expected. And, and I might add, this was on the anniversary of Ronda losing to, I think it was Amanda Nunez. <laughs> so, um, really? Was it really? Yeah. I didn't find out until afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, it had to be Holly Holm because, yeah, that was the one that ran her away. Holly Holmes, yeah, Holly Holmes wanted to kick her right out of UFC, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, but it was one of those two. Both whooped her. They both um, beat her, but I think Holly Holmes was the. They were both pretty one sided. Yeah, and so I was just, I mean, it was, I mean, it, it, it was just, it was a wonderful evening, and, uh, you know, and again, again, you know, like, but of course there were people complaining, but well, and, and and look, this is what, this is all I'm going to say because now now okay now now it's time now it's time okay I yeah, I was, did the polite thing there for, okay now it's time okay <laughs> okay because 
some of you people out there, I got some news for you, okay? Okay. When, you know, Trish Stratus wanted to have one more match, she called Vince McMahon and asked for the 14 times women's champion, okay? Vince didn't call, Vince didn't suggest it to her. She said out of her own mouth that she called Vince McMahon and asked for her, okay? Okay? She didn't ask for none of y'all's little favorite. She didn't ask for the boss, okay? She didn't ask for the, the role model. She didn't ask for the man, okay? She didn't ask for the empress, okay? No. Okay, she asked for one person, okay? And, and you're going to say, well, Trish Stratus is, you know, an old, you know, Hall of Famer or whatever. Okay, well, just last week, just last week, the newest kind of big star in women's wrestling was asked, if you could defend your title against anybody outside of the company you work for, who would it be? And what did Jade, who did Jade Cargill say? Who did she say? Bianca Belair. No. Oh. She did not. She mentioned. I know. No. I got to pull my pants legs up because it's getting thick. Okay. It's getting real deep in here. I got she to pull said, my pants legs up. She said she wanted the now 14-time women's champion. That's who she said. Okay. Didn't ask for nobody. Didn't name nobody else. Okay. Didn't say, well, this person and no. She named one person. Okay. Okay. And, oh, and, and that's not it. Because, you know, there's some other, you know, you know, ladies who are retired now who were asked. Who would Jazz, who should be in the WWE Hall of Fame, had been asked before, who would she want to come back and wrestle? She said the 14 time women's champion. Okay. Didn't name nobody else. Okay. So, so, you know what? <laughs> so while y'all are out here, y'all are complaining, y'all are out here hating, y'all are all talking all this nonsense. Okay. All Somebody of these, these the clearly. So, this guy. So listen, all that okay, a lot of these women wrestlers who y'all look up to and y'all admire and y'all put on, you know, and say, oh, they're so great. They're, you know, when when they get asked who they would want to wrestle, okay, who do they tell you? Okay. And no, they don't always just say her, but plenty of them do. Plenty of them, a whole lot of them, that's the first name to come out of their mouth. Okay. So if you're wondering why, why she got to win another one, that's why. Okay. That's why. Okay, that's why we got 14. That's why she's got 14. Okay. And however many come after this one, that's why she's gonna get those two. Okay. And and we we gonna we gonna talk about Sasha Banks later. But it, but we who? you wanna know the you wanna know the real reason why Sasha Banks <coughs> is in New Japan right now? You wanna know the Ooh, real what? reason? You wanna know the real reason? Oh, I'm gonna tell you the real reason, okay? Oh, what's the real reason, Rob? Because she got tired of getting beat like a drum by the 14-time oh. women's champion. Oh, we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. Okay, that's why she's tired of taking the L's. She can't take yeah. it no more. Okay, that's why she left. Wow. Right. Oh and there's your golden shovel moment of the night, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. So <laughs> let me wrap around the room here real quick because I, w- I want to get your opinions. Um, it was definitely a shocking moment. Charlotte Flair winning the you know SmackDown Women's Championship. 
Uh, I think we had a discussion on this podcast several months ago, and none of us thought that they would run back her and Ronda. We really thought that Ronda was moving on to other things and that Charlotte would end up looking for someone else to to kind of pick apart. I find it interesting that they went back to her and Ronda. Um, Mr. Cash, starting off the new year with a new SmackDown Women's Champion. Good move, bad move, indifferent about the move. What do you think? Well, it was the show was the biggest show of the year, and ironic it was the last show of the year. But when you got a show with that much gravitas, you got Roman, Sammy, KO, Cena on the show. You've built it up for weeks. Something like that is a perfect vehicle. That was the most watched television program in wrestling all year. So that was the time to reintroduce her to all of those names and all those people. Um, so I'm I'm fine with the change. Like I don't I don't mind TV title changes. I'm mean, changes on television as long as it's right. not too frequent. Um, but it just it. So my three th- my three quick thoughts on that were number one, uh, uh, man, it's it's hilarious to me how much people really hated Ronda so much that they're clamoring for Charlotte now. That's hilarious to me. When well, just six months ago they were begging for her to leave, absolutely makes the heart grow fonder. Clearly. Number two, I'm really glad she didn't return in the Rumble, given her f- previous Rumble uh, runs and the fact that last year's Rumble winners were so, let's say, lackluster yeah. that it would have really hurt that that match. Um, two. And number three, now we can finally start uh, preparing for WrestleMania because we couldn't prepare for WrestleMania without Charlotte because she was going to have a big match. Yeah. Or or a match of consequence. I mean, that's a big match. You would have a match of consequence on the show. Um, so now we can start preparing for that. And if I may throw out a name for you, I wouldn't mind seeing Charlotte Naomi going at it at WrestleMania. They never got a chance to finish that their actual their little mini feud. And right. Naomi's gonna have a lot of gravitas when she finally comes back. Um, yeah. but no, I'm 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 happy for Charlotte. She deserved that moment because. Rob, she's a fantastic wrestler. She's one of the greatest ever, if not the greatest woman's wrestler ever. One of the greatest wrestlers ever. But she gets old quick to a lot of fans. And Charlotte is not a person who does well in adding to her act. It's basically this. Once she once she got this act, it's been basically the same. Now she's always going to deliver at a from a B plus to A plus every time. But it's but there's no you look at a guy like Seth Rollins or even you look at you look at someone like Becky and I hate I know I don't want to compare the two because I know the 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 Peter Griffin and the Big Chicken relationship like but I think the thing that kills people with her isn't just the LOL Charlotte wins but it's the fact that she's the same person every time heel Charlotte face Charlotte it's always just the same Charlotte and so the fact that there was a little minuscule change the music's different the entrance is different. The clothes, even though that was, I didn't fuck with the clothes. That's different. We have something, some difference now. She deserved a moment like that for the fans to give her the flowers that she's earned. I just hope that we don't go right back to the same game with Charlotte, where three weeks from now, when she's still doing the same things, we're going to get back to, oh, here we go. Because she's too talented, and that, that, uh, and that roster and that, that entire division needs better and deserves better and she is the anchor for that division should be so i just hope it works out how they're hoping it's going to work out i'm not convinced it will okay jason your thoughts 
So I was amazed that Bob, in his giant soliloquy, didn't say that, you know, the exclamation part, point part of this, and, you know, Ray got into it a little bit. Boy, the end of that, like, the last couple of months of that Ronda reign have been not great, to say the least. Um, it have been good, so, but the reign hasn't been good, yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> the, ex- the overall experience has been less than ideal. Absolutely. Um, so I think, especially with the new coat of paint in terms of the music and the gear, and in my opinion, a slightly different character and presentation, I feel that I feel the same way that I feel about her, and I'm not saying it's going to go this way, but I'm feeling the same way about her right now that I felt about Roman Reigns day one when he appeared at SummerSlam. Before we knew he was a heel, yep. before we knew he was with Heyman, we knew something was fuck different. Somebody like, pardon my language, but like, holy Moses, there has been a tectonic shift with this man. And I felt that way with her. Simply because she's never been... I mean, the music obviously helped and the gear helped with the whole... She's She wants to be... She She's going to be the Thanos of that division. And... You know, the music definitely helped. It's more dramatic. It's more akin to Romans. So, again, I'm not saying she's going to enter her tribal chief era. But she's looking like she's going to enter her tribal chief era. So if we get that, and I agree with you, Ray, of a character that challenges her and asks her to do more that she absolutely friggin' can because she's very talented, then, yes, I am not only relieved that we're either going to be spared Rhonda entirely or Rhonda is going to go off and do something with Shayna, whether it's fighting for each other yeah, or title. fighting. Yeah. Or fighting for the tag titles. Exactly. Then great. If we get one more program with her and Rhonda, fine, whatever. Um, but we'll find out, I guess. But yeah, um, I just think that day one, I'm, I'm very, very intrigued. Now if she comes out on Friday and just, woo, 14 time. Woo. All right, well, what which are we is doing? very likely. Nah, likely. I don't know, though, because I did, I felt like she was, again, from the very small sample size. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. She was as baby-faced as I've ever seen her. Because this time it didn't feel forced. Because she also felt like she was, no, I am the Thanos of this division. I am the be-all, end-all. But I'm also a good guy because I'm kicking the bad guy's butt. So I just got a whole new vibe from her, so I'm very optimistic. And, and yes, maybe it is just absence makes a heart go fonder. Because God damn, was it good to see that woman. It was good to see her. And she spent so much time in Mexico with the Ingrenables, with her husband, with Roosh, with Dragon Lee, with Dralistico, with all of these guys. And all of these people, even, even I, I don't know the, the their wives are wrestlers too. I don't know their names, forgive me. But with in, in that world... And we've already seen her try to take some of uh, Andrade's moves with the with the fake elbow, with the fake boot to the elbow, and the double moon. So 
if she could take some of that I don't give up attitude that the Ingonopolis have, that may help her get that different distinction. Um, quick tangent real fast, because I know we want to finish this. Can we post some out for the end of the CFO, CFO's era? Because, like, the last vestiges of all CF, the CFO's themes are dying. And oh, yeah. yeah. When, ret- when, when, what's the song called? Retribution or Re- whatever? Recognition. Recognition. When that, when I thought that was gone, I was like, well, it's, what is it left? It's just Becky? It's, you know, it's one still rocking with it? It, it hurts my heart because I love that era. I think that's the best era of music we've had since Jim Johnston. Yeah. Uh, I'm not crazy about the theme, but themes were everything ain't gonna be as good as Romans um, the second you hear it. Yeah, this has got to grow on you. This one really did. It did I mean, she did the same thing that Daniel Bryan did. She did the same thing. You know, include the little piece of classical music at the beginning, and yeah. then just go to your new theme. Well, um, she can't, so just, unfortunately, because she's a flair, she can't have live without that Ric Flair. No, no, Unfortunately, yeah, no, she shouldn't. You're right, absolutely. And uh, that's Natalia should never enough. have not have the screech from Bret Hart. You're right. It's it is what it is. It's the gravitas you're bringing. Yeah. You're generational. <clears throat> you absolutely bring it in. You know, yeah. that's woman's the tribal chief. It's who's he the tribal chief of? Well, you know. Yeah. And I, let me just, uh, as far as you know, the way she's been booked in the past, because because you know, I have my little corners of. You know, big Charlotte fans that I talk to on the internet, and um, one of the biggest issues we've always had is that at Vin, well, well, Vince McMahon basically, uh, Vince forced you know the babyface act multiple times with her, and even as she has very openly said that she never thought it was a good idea, um, because she always thought that people were going to resent her for being Ric Flair's daughter, and but Vince did not. Um, and, but Vince again, multiple times tried to make a baby and, and tried to make a, you know, almost a sympathetic baby face out of her. Which, yeah, he, tried, he tried to make her a white meat. Oh, shucks, baby face. And it's just which, like, that's what Vince believes in. Yeah. But and, yeah, you can't do that with the jet flying, flying, wild and style and profile and guy's daughter. It's and, hilarious and, to and, me that Vince is the guy that was the one that found the thing in people and allowed them to take it out. And then when those guys left, he was like, nah, son, everybody's going to be the same dude. This, yeah. And, yeah. And that's, we're we're going to get on that here in a minute. I yeah. swear. And I said yeah. that about Vince McMahon here maybe a few weeks ago. Even the best creative minds eventually run out of steam and they may have moments of brilliance, but those moments become fewer and more far between the older they get. You yeah, know, and yeah. after 40 years of doing stuff, eventually you run out of ideas and you start either recycling or you just get into a cycle of doing the same thing over and over again. And that's what he did with Charlotte. I do firmly believe Charlotte is a heel wrestler, um, not only because of her lineage, but because there's no way with a, with a, with a heel or with a baby face, a lot of times that baby face is going to be punching up. You've always got the big threat looming overhead, and you've got a punch up. That Charlotte is not a punch up wrestler. No. Charlotte, aside with the exception of a very small handful of women with fingers left over, Charlotte towers over that entire women's division. Literally, she 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 towers over them, not only in stature but in ability. 
okay? And that's not a knock on any of the other girls. There are some fantastic women wrestlers in WWE. But most of that roster, when you step stand them side by side with Charlotte, as Rob would say, they look less than. Not only in stature, but in ability. Charlotte Flair has to be a heel. I'm very, very intrigued if they go pure babyface with her, how they're going to do it. I don't think it's going to last long. I don't think it's going to work well, but I am intrigued because I, while I'm not a, a, a Rob level Charlotte fan, I have my favorites. She's probably in my top three. I will, with a straight face, look at you and tell you she is probably the best women's wrestler in the world and probably in the top 10 best wrestlers in the world. She's that good. Even if she's not my favorite, she's that good. And so for her to be a baby face is going to be very intriguing to me. And I want to see more of her and Rhonda because when we talk, you know, we equated her somewhat to the tribal chief. While Rhonda as a worker is not on Brock's level, that feud is their Roman and Brock. I love the chemistry between Rhonda and Charlotte. I feel like they're, when I watch the two of them against each other, I feel like there's real animosity. And this is all I ever ask from a wrestling match is that I feel like these people genuinely hate each other. And I feel that there's actual competition between the two of them. And what was it? Three, four years ago when we had the, the, the triple threat main event with Charlotte, Becky mm-hmm. and, and Rhonda. Mm-hmm. Everybody kept saying, you know, the whole internet, and we've talked about this on the show, the internet feels like they got robbed of of Becky and and Rhonda. I, at the time, was the biggest Becky mark. I did not want Becky and Rhonda one-on-one. I want Charlotte and Rhonda one-on-one again, because I feel like the chemistry between the two of them, not only from a character standpoint, but from an in-ring standpoint, is genuine, it's real, and, and I love the art that the two of them make in the ring. I'll tell you this, if she's going to be white meat baby face, like baby baby face, they need to go back to Rebel War or whatever his name is and get her new theme music. And because Rhonda is who Rhonda is, save for maybe one or two other women, she's the one woman that Charlotte Flair can believably have to punch up against. The one thing I want Charlotte to realize, and this may not be a Charlotte problem, this may be a management problem, which we know Vince had his uh, misgivings shall we say, um, yeah. is I'd really like for her to re- her or the, the package to realize that we live in a world now where you can still do hellish things and be cheered. Mm-hmm. You don't oh, have, I think, to, you don't I have she, to be... She, she knows that. I hope yeah. she does. Oh, oh, no, she does. She does. Um, I, she, the, only reason, very, the only reason I'm saying it the way I'm saying it that way, because I agree with you, I think she does. I think Ashley Flair knows. But I, the only reason I'm saying that is because um, in her times as a babyface, you can see her trying to pander when the thing that makes her dope is the fact that my favorite thing about Charlotte, the whole package of Charlotte, granted, everything Friday changed the package is a new package. now. But my favorite thing about her package was when she came to the ring, she would force the ref to, to come and pull the ropes down for her because she had this air of. I don't care if I'm fighting for you, against you, with you or not. I am better than all of y'all. I was born better than all of y'all. And I I, I think that was the dopest thing about her uh, because, you know, her daddy used to do that. Um, but she took it in a way and she flipped it different like she did the figure four, figure eight. She just, she, she upped it. 
Yeah. If she could find a way to keep that energy and just allow and work it into just fight the bad guys, you know, because because you don't have to be look at what Seth is doing right now. Seth is in, Seth is pandering to the crowd in character because of the the, the because of the the chance, but right. he's still doing the same shit he was doing when he was a heel. Yeah. At this point, Seth Rollins is not a baby face, but he is a protagonist. Yeah, and uh, I said that last Jason, episode. I said I'm Seth has made such Boston a and hug your ass. That's the that's the greatest point I've heard maybe <laughs> ever in a podcast. That's the difference Charlotte. between babyface and protagonist. Major difference. Yeah. yeah I mean, the crowd now the crowd didn't accept it, but it's the same thing that everything Roman was post. This is my yard now. Yes, sir. Okay. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm just gonna beat up the bad guys. That's what I do. And, and let me just yes, and th- that's when people started to turn the corner with Roman. Yeah, and they never really got there, but you know, it helped. Um, and I think the Charlotte is very much if she slots into that role where she is just the protagonist who's also not afraid to, you know, punch down if you know little Liv Morgan or somebody decides to some come punching up. You know, I think there's a there's a whole again this is a whole gr- the, her whole presentation was a perfect day one. Of a new yeah. character, and let me just let me just add because uh, one of our other you know ongoing frustrations was that Vince would never he w- would never go all the way with that. He Vince was always Vince was always cutting her legs out from under after she would win something. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, she wins the title and she would cash in on almost well one time it was the next day, one time it was literally five minutes later. Um, she. One time, you know, before WrestleMania 35, they, you know, had her beat Oscar for the SmackDown Women's title, and the only reason was so that they could have two titles in the main event, and yeah. that did her no favors at all. And in fact, I mean, it got people pissed off at Ashley, okay, not at Charlotte, because people thought that she went, you know, that she threw a tantrum or something, and you know, and then there are other times where, and then you know, like the belt swap thing, right? Again, she was having a really good run as Raw Women's Champion, and you know, she got drafted to SmackDown, and Becky got drafted to Raw, and I mean, and you know, the the belt swap thing again that brought down heat on the person, right? I hated the concept of a belt swap, right? And then I fucking it's so stupid. Yes, but then, but but Vince was always doing things like that. It, it the problem was. It worked when the New Day and the Street Profits did it because it was a comedic thing. And it was and and so a they, tag team title. It was tag yeah. team titles and it was comedic in the sense of, oh, let's do this. <laughs> you can't make that a real segment in the ring in front of people. It just was. No, you should have just. It's as stupid as when Cody did that damn um, weigh in against a go go. Right. Like, that's you're such a lack of forethought. Yeah, and um, just so, opened the show one day, and oh, their belts are different colors now. And um, just, just no sell it, and just oh yeah, she's the Raw Women's Champion, she's hey, the SmackDown Women's you Champion. Can, you can acknowledge it, but it doesn't yeah. have to be in the ring. But um, right, it's like, oh, hey, they swapped, cool. But Vince, yeah, I mean, the, the Vince cut her legs out from under a, a whole yes, lot of did. times, and it's almost like he felt like just giving her the title victory was enough, and. Didn't even well, do anything. Didn't even... he? He definitely wanted sixteen. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, that's and that's and fine. But, but and but, all but, that stuff, she doesn't care. But yeah, he but, definitely. No, I think she cares. 
Well, she cares now. No, she, she's been she saying. Now she cares. Now she understands. Well, because well, she's, we, she's never wanted to wrestle, so she's had to learn to love this. And also, yeah. and she said now that she's close, it does. Right. You know, it is starting to matter. But when she was on number two, she wasn't thinking about sixteen. But yeah, agreed. But um, but no, but but Vince's, you know, he repeatedly just cut her legs out from under her. Um, I feel like ten of those world championships came within a six month period of time. Well, right. and because <laughs> like, well, I mean, and from under her, and then he'd give her the belt back in like two months. And and, and, and right, and then that, and it, and exactly, and then. <laughs> Because, like, remember, Bailey cashed in on her, and then, like, five months later, she beats Bailey for the same title, and then Bailey beats her for it five days later. The biggest failure of the Bailey thing was Charlotte had a streak where she had never lost a pay per view, and she was going into WrestleMania, the WrestleMania where it was her, Nia, Bailey, and Sasha. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and Bailey was clearly going to be the person coming out of there on top. But they beat her in the February pay per view. They let Bailey beat Charlotte in the February pay per view instead of letting her beat her. Mania, right? That was the Orlando Mania. Had they let that happen in Orlando, mm. that would have been a much bigger deal, and maybe it would have mattered. It would have meant something. But because this happened at random as No Way Out, Elimination, there's a fast lane, whatever. Yeah, Bill, yeah, I mean, fast lane. Yeah, that's right. Because that was a fast lane of Mania. It it just made it it hurt Bailey. It ruined that match because everybody knew Bailey wasn't gonna lose that soon, right? That conventional wisdom, and Charlie just won it back anyway. Goes back to that rain, that conversation we have with Reigns and about Reigns in the pre-show. No disrespect to Charlotte, and I can say the same thing about Cena, Randy, a lot of people. You're you're a super fan, so I, I acknowledge that and respect that. But the majority of regular wrestling watchers, <clears throat> is there a Charlotte Reign that you remember? Not even remember fondly, just remember. And I'm not talking about oh she held the belt this time. I'm talking about tell me the feuds and the matches she had in the Reign. <laughs> I, honestly, I can't come up with a, a. I can name good matches, like I can isolate matches and say they were really good. But if I look at a reign like Gunther's current IC reign, obviously Roman Reigns' Tribal Chief reign, sure. um, I, I can't compare anything that. And again, not her fault. This is a booking thing. Yeah. I cannot find a a period in time where I looked at Charlotte and went, "Yeah, that whole time period was awesome." I can and, tell you everything from Bailey's year 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 long run. I can tell you all of that because that reign was one of the best women's reigns I've ever seen, and that was in the pandemic era. So that was in front of no fans. And, yeah, and trust me, that's been that has been a long sore spot, and because it often feels like Vince just felt like, well, she doesn't need that. Yeah, right? she, you know she sure. she's you know and we don't you know or. or you know, we just this was Vince's short sightedness. I think he looked at her and went, "Damn it, that's Ric Flair's daughter. She'll be fine." But also, exactly. also we talked. Exactly. We also talked about the way people, the way people are are listed. Uh, Jason mentioned all the pillars, right? Sorry to use AEW term, guys, but I think this is my in, in studying Vince all these years. When you look at a person that is like the pillar of the company, not not like. A Sean or a, a Brett or a, a Orton or a, a Brian. I'm talking like Rock, Austin, <clears throat> Hogan. It's yeah. either you're gonna have the title forever or for a short amount of time. There's no middle ground. Right. Because you're gonna have the title forever to cement that you're the best, or you're gonna have it for a small amount of time as a as a springboard for somebody or something else. And I think Charlotte has run into that way too much. Oh yeah, they they, they have they and, and she is. 
know, she's been the person that a bunch of people got their big moments off of. And 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 let me just say it, I don't, Carmella twice. <laughs> well, so there's that. And but see, and I guess what what's frustrating about that though is not that it happens, right? Because like that's that's fine. But it's that it happens, but she doesn't get she doesn't get appreciated for it. And so and there are other people where all they gotta do is you know, they lose one match to somebody and it's like, oh, do you put them over? You elevated them, you made their career. Right. And you know, and a bunch of people have gotten their big moments off of her, and all we hear is, "Oh, well, Charlotte doesn't put anybody over." Yeah, I, um, I'm so sick of the nepotism argument when it comes to Charlotte Flair. I like it; just drives me insane because if nepotism was really driving Charlotte Flair's career, where the fuck is David Flair? Like, if Charlotte Flair wasn't the athlete that she is, if she didn't absorb this business and become the worker that she is. She would not be a 14-time women's champion. And I'm and sorry, it's just not gonna happen like that. I'm sorry. David, Fla- David Flair's real nepotism because he didn't even know how to take a bump when he got hired. Absolutely. <laughs> David Flair was nepotism. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, well. so but yeah, yes. where where is he today? You know, the, the guy he just never picked it up, and Charlotte absorbed it. She became a sponge, and, and she's so good. Like I said, I'm not a super fan, but I will freely and openly admit how goddamn good Charlotte Flair is, and she's deserved every moment that she's got, and she has not deserved a lot of the hatred that she's got. What and, did you take over match with Natty, officially like her fifth or sixth match or something ever? Yeah, the NXT match? Uh, yeah. it, it, with it, Natty? It, it wasn't that, she hadn't had that many women. I, forget, I don't know which one it was. but It, it wasn't Braun Breaker like third, but it was something like she yeah. It was still in a small amount of numbers. Uh, she wasn't very far into double digits if she was into double digits at all. Yeah, and um, but still, and, we've this, the only thing that really her last name got her, and really anybody is probably, even if she didn't use them, a second, third, fourth chance that somebody without the last last name wouldn't get one. Well, it got her signed. Yeah, it got her signed. She got, signed and it it got her an opportunity, but I firmly believe that if she just didn't have it, right, she yeah, wouldn't yeah. be where she's at now. Right, and that's and that's uh, yeah. I mean, there are hundreds of cases like that. Like, um, just there's a billion. I don't want to bury anybody. Tell, so tell I, me all about all the all the world championships that Curtis Axel won because he was Mister Perfect's kid. Right. You know, nepotism. Like, why haven't we Scott signed Scott Hall's kid yet? I mean, ooh, that's a good point. And come on, should have been signed. Uh, yeah, was an asshole, but yeah, yeah, I, I hear he's a little difficult, but still. It's Scott Hall's kid, and he looks like a million bucks. Have you seen the kid? I mean, he's the last time I saw worker. him, he looked like him. Huh? He's a pretty, he's a decently good worker. You don't well, live in a dojo in Japan for three years, and that you don't figure out. How you got to pick something up, or they'll throw you out. They're not going to keep you at the dojo. Yep. Well, okay. To be fair, we're. I mean, the answers are all right here. He's still Scott Hall's kid, but hey, he's kind of an asshole. Maybe when he, you know, straightens out, we'll give him a call. But. It's not an automatic free pass. Hey, come on down to your NXT tryout. Well, look, I mean, they, Facts. I mean, Reed, her brother Reed kept failing drug tests and they, right. And they, and they Tri- wouldn't bring him in. Like, the, and the, that's, the, you know, the, trip, biggest that's straight fish, the biggest fish of all of them, Tessa Blanchard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, they won't even talk to Tessa Blanchard because yeah. of her attitude. Yeah. Right. Which uh, is fair. 
And that was before a lot of the really shitty stuff about right. Tessic. That was yeah. That was yeah. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that was before all the Tessa, all the grimy shit that, came out. Yeah. Back when it was yeah, Tessa difficult to work with, and they were like, okay, not Tessa yes, the we're... racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, not, Tessa the racist came out like an hour, a year or so later. Yeah. Right. And, um, hey, but maybe they knew something we didn't. To be fair. Yeah. That uh, this is possible. Did. I mean, it's just because something gets out to us in January of twenty one. Doesn't mean they didn't know in February of nineteen. Yeah, but right. um, it's just um, again, I the things that irritate us over in my corner of the street are things like, you know, the way Vince booked her, and the way, yeah. the way, the way, you know, like when, like when the whole thing with, with the when the Becky thing started, the, the idea that that you, you really thought people were gonna be sympathetic, you know, towards Charlotte Flair because Becky turned on her. I mean. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I mean, come on. It, I mean, hindsight, it was just such a bad thinking and, yeah. you know, and then, and then they, they stuck with it for like a few months when, cause when, when Charlotte was on the thing with Austin earlier this year, she was even talking about like, um, cause you know, they, they stuck, they stuck with it longer than they should have. And, you know, she was just like, yeah, well, you know, I was going along. Well, basically she, she went along cause that's what they told her to do. And, but even she saw that it wasn't really working. Right. Yeah, and then and then she said when she started acting more like a more like a heel again, people you know started reacting more to her. So, um, so what I'm I, what I'm hoping is, you know, again like Jason said about being the Thanos in the division. She, what I'm hoping is just give her a dominant run. I mean, yes, Ronda is is a threat. Somebody like Raquel was, will be a real threat, but the rest of those girls, she should kick their asses. I don't know. I'm looking forward to her and Rhea locking up again, man. I mean, I'm her and Rhea had an I mean, incredible I mean, match at WrestleMania a couple years ago. I mean, on SmackDown right now, the other girl. Oh, on SmackDown just... right now, yeah. But you know, before Charlotte finally hangs it up, they've got to run her and Rhea back one more time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm, you know, whenever they do her and Bianca, that's going to be a big deal. Yeah, um, but that's a Mania main event to me. Right? Talk, talk about Thanos. That's the last one. Right. That's, Bianca yes, exactly. got to get. Then she get then she'll she'll have conquered all four horsewomen, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. So let's move on from Charlotte Flair. And since we've talked about Vince McMahon quite a bit, let's segue into another little segment we want to talk about here. And I promised Jason we wouldn't go long because Jason doesn't even want to talk about it. It's kind of one of those until there's news, there's no news. However, there is some Vince McMahon news. As I said, uh, five days into 2023, the world of professional wrestling never sleeps. I am going to let Mr. Cash take the wheel here because he's the one that kind of kind of kind of broke everything not to me personally but kind of gave me a little bit more knowledge than I had, you know, going in. Ray, take over and give it give us a synopsis of the last what, 6 8 hours here. Well, in the history of 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 mankind, there has been one animal that has forever uh, lived through all of the natural disasters. When the dinosaurs died, when there was the ice age, when uh, when Kanye broke the internet, all of the different things. There's always been one. It's called a cockroach. Well, King Cockroach <laughs> decided to come back into our, uh, our 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 purview. Vince McMahon has notified the WWE board that he intends on coming back. And he's bringing George Berrios and Michelle Wilson, the former CFO and CMO that he fired, back with him to take two, to take three spots on the board. Now, 
might be asking yourself, well, how can Vince do that? The board excommunicated him and got him off. It's a good question, young IWC listener. The answer is he hold all the shares. He is the majority shareholder by far, which means he has a majority of the votes. That's the part. That's the nuance that I think everybody missed. That just because they voted him off the board, they didn't buy him out. It, and but they couldn't. My God, if they bought him out, do you? If you evaluate WWE right it, now, I'd say two and a half billion. He's probably worth. He probably owns one point five billion of the two and a half. It's a right. crazy amount of money that you'd have to pay him outright in cash. They voted him off the board, and he acquiesced to their vote. Yes. Yes. Because yeah. of the controversy that he feels now, with some hindsight, would have blown over had they just shut their mouth. Now, you know, that's not a fact. However, this is Mr. Man we're talking about. This is the man that fought God. This is the man that's beaten the United States in a in a in a in the court of law. This is the man that thinks he can do anything and usually can. Now, the reason this is interesting is because he has given WWE a sort of ultimatum of sorts. In that, he's coming back to either be the the cat be the person who's going to be the proprietor for a sale potentially, or it's more of an and or renegotiate the rights fees, which WWE has to negotiate. The negotiation window for the new rights fees uh, starts this in this year, twenty twenty three, for Raw and SmackDown. Raw with NBC Universal, SmackDown with Fox. Now, with his had, voting shares, basically, they need his signature to make any well, sort of deal. And, and I'm he's glad you, saying, I'm, I'm going to withhold that. I'm glad you said that, sir. You, that's exactly right. Vince has said, and it's in his press release, that he will not sign off on any new deals if he's not involved. Now, he has also added, as I've just read, um, and I'm, I'm going to find where it is in, in actual perpetuity. But he has added that he, insi- he intends on not, for lack of a better term, um, ruining the status quo. He doesn't want to change anything of, of sorts. This is Mr. Man. <laughs> this is the company that, with all intents and purposes, him and his family built from the literal ground up. So you're telling me Vince going to come back? get back in the building and just sit there and chill? You think, you, is he Michael Scott at Dunder Mifflin? No. He's going to change everything. The question now, the real question I think that is pertinent to the conversation that matters because I respect Jason's want to not talk about this because you're right. We don't have all the details. There's a lot more in the tank to be talked about. Well, but the real I, question is... I did want to throw in to just to clarify because although we did, do give Sean Ross Sapp a hard time on here, we did get this from him, or I did. I give him a hard time, to be fair. Um, I don't think he would make up a quote directly from Vince McMahon no. unless he unless he got this dead cold. So I'm just going to go ahead and quote it. So according to uh, his quote, anyway. And it probably came answer. from his press release that he gave, that, that was given to the WWE board. Right. I guess, go ahead. So he said, quote, WWE has an exceptional management team in place and I do not intend for my return to have any impact on their roles, duties, or responsibilities. End quote. So, to that, I'd say he, he wants it to appear, at least, and he oh, intends shit. to just come back yeah. and facilitate the That's it. That's, the, that's what he's presenting to us. I'm not telling you what the truth is. Yes. But 
basically that's what he's legally saying. Hey, I'm just going to come back and we're going to facilitate a sale and that's going to be the end of it. And we know it's not true. At least we, we, we're pretty sure it's not true. But the real question is, that's pertinent, I think, to the future of the WWE and, and that's most interesting and important to fans is, he can c- come back and take back the chairman of the board. He can come back and be on, be on, a active member of the board and facilitate sales and rights fees and all of that behind the scenes stuff that a CEO would do. Cool. Is he going to come back as head of creative? That's the big question. Nowhere in any of this interested in, in any of this listed does he is that said or alluded to that he wants to take back the creative side. Now, what's interesting is, and I work for Wrestling Inc. I have not worked in two months because I've had deaths in the family, but I work for Wrestling Inc., full disclosure. So I am not Sean Ross Sapp. I am not Ross Berman. I'm not these guys, Dave Meltzer. I'm not, I, don't, I don't have their number on, on speed dial. But from all of the channels that I'm involved in or that I read or that I follow, everybody says the same thing. The majority of the roster will not deal with it happily if he comes back from a, in a creative standpoint. And to think of all these people that Vince fired, that Triple H has now rehired, to think of William Regal leaving a good, actually, if I'm honest, a great opportunity with AEW to come back to WWE and get a good job so he can be back at home with his best friend and his son. To think of all the changes that have been made and the goodwill that now WWE has been has been given. We've had two. We have we've had one. Uh, pay-per-view that was a massive rousing success in the UK and we got another that was just announced today. Money in the Bank yeah. July 1st at London at the, I believe in the 02. Yeah. So yeah. all of these things that Vince would have never done and the changes have happened and the goodwill has been built. We might not even get to this tonight. Shinsuke <clears throat> Nakamura was allowed to go wrestle in one of the great Muda's retirement matches in Noah. We're not talking about that. Right, but that's a major that would have never happened under Vince. Nope. Um, Carl Anderson was signed, being the current never open weight champion, and has wrestled two matches as champion. He just finished at Wrestle Kingdom when he put over Tamatonga. Shout out to the Tongans. Like these would these things would not happen if it was Vince instead of Hunter, Nick, and Steph. So that's the real question from a creative standpoint. Where does this land us? going from now into the future. WrestleMania is his baby. This is the beginning of WrestleMania season. The Rumble's coming. Every report, Raw, the Raw script is done Friday. The SmackDown script is done Thursday. Like, things are running on clockwork. Things are different. I'm not saying better or not. That is in the eye of the beholder. Some people may think the Vince era was better. Good for you. It's, that's, it's completely subjective. But in terms of the people who work there, Everybody feels, and I feel comfortable saying that using that modifier, everybody feels like it's a much better company. They're more comfortable to come to work. They feel like they're more engaged. They feel the women in particular don't feel like they're going to be harassed every five seconds by him or one of his subordinates. There is a better flow. People feel like they can actually, their ideas matter. They can talk to people. The, the synergy between NXT and WWE is better than it's ever been. Now NXT people come to Raw and SmackDown every week to do main event or a dark match, and it's considered a reward. People are going back down. Things are different. So that's the real question to me. Forget all the rights fees and all that stuff. That's We can talk about that, like Jason said, when we have more details. 
That's the real question. Well, I want to talk a minute about the synergy because I thought that was really, really interesting. The transition from Triple H or from Vince to Triple H, while, yeah, there had been very glaring, like, hey, this is what we're doing now, all the returns, all the people he's brought back, the direction he's gone, there was no lull. Like, it, it was just seamless. It's like, okay, Vince is out. This is what I'm doing, and we're off to the races with it. And largely with a couple of, you know, questionable things, I think Triple H has pretty well stepped right up to the plate creatively. Um, I think, you know, depending on who's making the decision as far as, like, the business aspect of it goes, be it Stephanie, be it Nick, I think WWE has made some bold moves, some bold and, and impressive changes, like Ray mentioned a minute ago, letting Carl Anderson go and defend over in Japan, you know, letting Shinsuke go over and wrestle, you know, the great Muda. These are incredible things that I, I that have been seamless. Like, like I thought maybe there'd be a little bit of a lull in between the transition period and then eventually Triple H would get his legs. I feel like he got his legs pretty quickly and just kept right on rolling with it. Yeah, you know, granted, I'm... there was some 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 period from like WrestleMania to SummerSlam that very much had the Vince thumbprint on it. Like they, these were things that were in the works before Vince ever officially retired. So you know he had to you know finish up all those little stories. But everything that he's done since then has just been this smooth, seamless transition. And I don't want to see it backslide. Like if Vince is there to help them make some important business decisions, fine. Okay, because, yeah, that affects him directly. Like, that hits him right in the pocket if they sign a bad TV deal. And if I remember correctly, Vince signed a bad TV deal about 10 years ago. And if I remember correctly, he lost to the somewhere in the moon, like $500 million on a TV deal about 10 years ago. So uh, Yeah, I think it was when, back when they had, when they were on, like, was it Spike TV? For, and then yeah. And they came back and all that stuff. They've been he signed unsold. a piss-poor TV deal yeah. and lost hundreds of millions of dollars. So, yeah, if you don't have – and Vince Vince is a bulldog, and Vince has that negotiating ability, you, you kind of want him there for that. But creatively, WWE is going in a good direction right now. I take Monday Night Raw as an example. The first Raw of 2023 was fucking fire. It was violent. It was hard-hitting. Every single match that I saw – was good to great in all the right ways. They didn't go too long. There was the right amount of violence. Solo Sokoa and um, Elias had a freaking banger of a match. And, mm -hmm. you know, I I just feel like that that's Triple H influence. I think Triple H is trying to bring back some of that more raw, visceral type of wrestling while still trying to maintain that balance of sports entertainment. And, and I think Vince had gotten away from the visceral wrestling and was more spectacle and entertainment. Because, yeah, let me just to interject real quick, because it was one of, those, you know, one of the million things that I've been keeping track of over the past year. Um, in general, so one thing that as far as the match layouts on Raw in particular, like Vince booked a lot more of those sub five minute matches. And there are, are Hunter has cut those and like cut them in half even like those sub five minute matches, there just aren't that many of those anymore. And there are more, but there are more matches on the, on the other end. They go, you know, the 10, 15 minute matches, right? There are more of those now. And that, and I'm just telling you, it's, it's, there's a, is a demonstrable, it's, it's a statistically, it is a big difference. We're talking like 
literally okay, half as many matches that go under five minutes now. Half as many. I'm looking at it now in front of me. And there are three times as many matches on Raw to go more than 15. That's the difference between Vince and Hunter. So yeah. ha- half as many matches under five, three times as many matches to go over 15 minutes now. And that's so that's a that is a tangible difference between the yeah. two. Well, really I take uh, Bianca and Alexa. I don't know how the time in front of me, but I feel like Bianca and Alexa got 10 minutes at least. It was like, what was it? Um, it what was, was the time on that, Rob? I'm going to up now. Because gonna, that was going to be my interjection because I was like, oh, I know Rob's got the numbers for this. And oh, Rob's yeah, the data guy. He's the, he's the deacon of data. Remember this. Yes. All right. Well, uh, they, okay. Well, we're getting cage match. According to cage match, they went 18 minutes and 57 seconds. That yeah. never would have happened under Vince McMahon. Those ladies would have been lucky to get seven. Well, particularly Bianca they, Belair and and Alexa Bliss under Vince McMahon would have gotten seven, eight minutes tops. Especially, well, they, they would have gotten eight minutes because that match was to set up the angle. If it well, was, it, to be fair, there was at least five minutes of beatdown after the match. Is that like yeah. match including the beatdown, or is that uh, just the match? That's just that's just what they have here. Because um, okay, so that's because, probably match because I know they didn't wrestle for a straight eighteen minutes. I love Alexa Bliss. She ain't an eighteen-minute wrestler. No, but uh, well, what it is so because what Vince was notorious for, like those matches that just existed to set up the angle afterwards, he would cut a lot of those short. It was a three-minute match with three minutes of angle setup. Yeah, he he would get you. I mean, for for something like they did Monday, Vince would have had like so they'd have been they'd have been seven or eight minutes and then gone to the the Uncle Howdy stuff. And yeah. They, so so they got eighteen minutes and and. And I'll tell you, it's a better show. Monday took, Night Raw well, was I mean, awesome. It took, me, it took me. It took. I had to get used to having more longer matches because I remember, like you know, early, like last year at one point, I was kind of complaining about it. Almost um, every match has a commercial break. It's like, well, yeah, and um, but so it's taken. It's taken. Took me some time to get used to having just that many go that long. But now, and like the the main event between Theory and Seth Rollins went twenty three minutes, and that that's a regular thing now. Yeah, um, you know, and that that wasn't a regular thing under Vince. That's the that's that's if you look at like substances differences, and what's on TV, um, it's that now. SmackDown hasn't changed quite that much because SmackDown is a different format. One, it's only two hours, and then also so much of it is centered around the Bloodline, and right. so that's a, you know that's right. a lot of monologuing and all of that. You know, for lack of a better word. So that that doesn't get structured the same. Um, also, well, I mean, well, one more good reason to have Charlotte back is that she usually gets to work longer matches with everybody on TV. Yeah. Um, you know, like, but anyway, that's but I don't you know go down. But um, so, so, side note on the Charlotte Flair thing, and I forgot to mention this earlier. If you want to know why they brought her back, her YouTube return video is currently sitting at about two point seven million. Just, just thought I'd throw that out there. And that, so it's why. If you want to know why they brought her back, the last three women who faced Ronda Rousey on pay per view were Liv or major matches were Liv Morgan, Shotzi Blackheart, and Raquel Gonzalez. And again, all three of them are dope. Raquel's gonna be a super duper star. Liv oh is, yeah. The the fans love Liv, so she's always gonna be good because of the fans. And Shotzi has her spot, but they are not Charlotte Flair. No. And let me just so. say, just I mean, but um, now overall, if if I had to give overall assessment of how like things are performing under Hunter, uh, the the short answer is 
tickets for TV are doing better. On I think on both shows, okay. um, SmackDown ratings are generally doing better. In fact, they're up from on average they're up from 2021 to 2022. They're up year to year. So that so he's doing better there. Um, the only real cause for concern, honestly, is like the past month or so. The third hour of Raw has been dropping more than usual. So who and. It, now it may just that very well may be that you know what the the people have decided that we're watching two hours of wrestling and that's going to be it. And some of that may be the age bracket. I know uh, Dave yeah. Meltzer oh, has pointed point. out that the average age of the the raw viewer is more mine and Rob's age and older. And quite frankly, pal, I'm in bed by ten o'clock. Like that, I'm asleep by ten o'clock. That very well could be it. And so it's. Um, but I've just noticed, like for the past, like the past month or so, the third hour has been dipping. I mean, even when you account for Monday Night Football, the third hour yeah. has still been dipping more than it had been in the past. But we'll um, definitely see because uh, last week was last week Monday Night Football. Yeah, uh, but I mean, but but well, I'm just saying it, it dips more than even when you, even in the past when you accounted for Monday Night Football. Yeah, it's been it's the past month or so has been a larger drop than yeah. usual. So it's, is that? Is that some? I mean, and look, they're not in trouble or anything. But if you're if you're in charge of creative, and if you're in charge of operations there or whatever, you have to figure out. Okay, have people's TV viewing habits just changed, or is there something we're doing that's not getting over? I think it's TV habits. I think it's viewing habits. I think it's the fact that I can go and watch it on Hulu within twenty four to forty eight hours. I can watch YouTube in fifteen. And yeah. so, well, we, well, it, and wait, well, we have a small, well, you know me, we have a small sample size right now. So doesn't, I'd say, if, you know, for us who don't have, you know, we don't have all the different subcategories of this, that, and the other in front of us. Um, so I, I mean, I can't, I can't make a con- drawing conclusion right now. I, I would not draw any conclusion right now. Um, but that's something that they need. You know, they have all the different subcategories and this breakdown and this, this, that, and the other. So that's for them to figure out, because because right. it's probably a little bit of both. All right, they're, they're very well. There probably is something. There may be something that's not resonating enough to keep people there for all three hours, and it's probably also some viewing habits also. Uh, but we won't know for sure. Well, because look, I mean, WrestleMania season is starting now, and so there should be a bit of a, and then Monday Night Football will be over soon. So if there isn't some type, of, if there's no correction back to what it was, then you have to kind of, then if you're there, you have to start trying to figure out, okay, well, what exactly is happening here? Um, but that's really, I mean, if you're talking about cause for any causes for concern, that's really it. Well, okay. let's go to well, one of the babies in the group. That. Jason has been rather quiet here. I know, Jason, you typically watch Raw as it happens, right? Yeah. Do you stick around for the third hour, or do you tap out and watch it on Hulu? Uh, I, no, I, I stick around for it. I might not, especially now during football season, I'm usually flipping between that and Monday Night Raw, any, or Monday Night Football anyway. But, no, I, yeah, I always stick around for the third hour, yeah. Okay. But yeah, again, I, my, my, my days, even if I had regular cable, my days of – Sitting up till eleven o'clock on a Monday night watching Raw ended about ten years ago. Well, I'd well be why more, are you asking? 
why are you asking me? I proposed to my wife at WrestleMania. I'm wearing a Cody Rhodes American <laughs> sweatshirt while I'm recording my wrestling podcast. I am not a super fan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good point. Well, I, so I do I DVR and I have two other shows that I pro, I, I have two other shows I watch on Monday on top of football on top of wrestling. So usually because wrestling is DVR and it's something that I can. I don't have to watch the show to get an idea of what happened. Right. So I normally kind of make that the least, most important priority. Um, That's the thing, because they're almost their own worst enemy with the way they do their Twitter feed and the way they do their YouTube and all that stuff. It's like, you can get the cliff notes of any show about two seconds after it happens on all their forms of social media. So the need to watch it live is like plummeting. Well, and and the the versus, they're I, diversifying their they're diversifying their income streams. Think about how much right. money they make off YouTube. Think about exactly. how much money they make off of subscrip not subscriptions off of um, merchandise and uh, and um, and I've I've lost the word, but you know what I'm trying to say from from things coming from social media that you know yeah. in every metric they have they they are they have one of the biggest sports esque or entertainment esque. Twitter, uh, Twitter pages and follows, um, or Facebook or Instagram. They're Same like thing with top, YouTube. They're YouTube they're views top, are in the billions. I think yeah, they're they, number they, six of all YouTube channels. Yeah, and they, anyone who's they made, listening to a wrestling podcast right now probably doesn't want to hear this, but there are plenty of people who consume WWE purely on YouTube and then maybe tune in on Peacock for the big, big pay per views. And no, I mean like people I, just. No, I yeah, I know. Hailing from the pod cave in Florida. <laughs> but to be fair, you go back and watch Hulu of Raw and Hulu of SmackDown and this, that, and the other thing. I'm talking people who just watch the cliff notes of everything and then, hey, I'll tune in for the Royal Rumble Survivor Series because I have Peacock anyway because I have every streaming service. Well, even before I had the network um, and Peacock, that was me. I kept up with WWE via YouTube, via Twitter, via Facebook. That was because when I lived in New York, we had one TV in the apartment and I had three female roommates and they watched the Kardashians Ooh. and the housewives and, you know, whatever else they were into. So I had to wait till everybody was either at school or work and hope that I caught wrestling when it came on. And of course, I'd always get the side. Oh, you're watching that fake shit. I'm like, didn't you just watch the Kardashians? So, yeah, man, I, I, I consumed WWE through social media for for years. Now this is like no, they they made seventy million dollars from YouTube last year. And, <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ! I'd love to make seventy dollars from YouTube. Yeah. So that that's the it's a yeah. I can't make a tale well, of that thing. And well, it's just the, the don't question. Don't give away because, all of your content. Yeah. Then yeah, more people will tune in live. But then if you don't give away all that content, there are people who just will tune out. Period. And, and and so and the question becomes, okay, is what we're losing in TV, are we making it up in the other stuff or not? That's I would the, say they are. I'd say the answer is yes. Uh, because yeah. for the number of people that are – there's there's a difference between watching the product and consuming the product. Big difference. Yes. Right. And there are – so that's why I hate this, the ratings argument because that's the people who are watching it at that time on that day – in that time frame, based on that Nielsen box, right. yeah, it it was beginning. I know there was eight million people and ten million people watching it in nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety eight. There are more consuming it today 
I dare you to tell me I'm wrong. Go look at every metric that's possible alive anywhere on social media. Tell me the number of people that are tweeting about it at any time, that are Instagramming about it at any time. Facebook, search. I am that fan. I do not watch WWE on a weekly basis. I'm wearing a Cody Rhodes shirt with an NXT replica belt sitting over my left-hand shoulder with a raw coffee cup in my kitchen. Right. Now, I'm a consumer of now, WWE product. I am not a weekly watcher. Yeah. Now, um, the, now of course, look, the, the trick with all the social media stuff, the trick is is how it's actually monetizing it. That And that's because, like, okay, so the, the YouTube channel is, the, honestly, that's the most reliable kind of social media kind of thing to make money with. Because uh, somebody posted like the rate that TikTok pays for stuff, and it's it's not even it's honestly it's abysmal have, compared to YouTube. Yeah, it is. You have to have an astronomically high number of views on TikTok to make any kind of money. Um, whereas with YouTube, I mean, it, it's anywhere from the low end is fifty cents per thousand views, and the high end is eight dollars per thousand views. I and would imagine WWE's weight. You know, negotiated the higher end of that scale. Um, probably. Well, well, they made seventy million dollars, so they uh, from YouTube, so they they have a um, they have a good deal, whatever the rate yeah. is. Well, and they All get right. you know, obviously your your better advertisers are good. It also depends on the advertiser and how much the advertiser is going to pay per view. Right. And if you got say Coca Cola, Pepsi Cola, McDonald's, Burger King, you know, somebody like that versus uh, I don't know. I don't want to minimalize or trivialize anybody's business, but like say a Dave and Buster's or a Chuck E. Cheese or something like that. Obviously they can pay, but they're not going to pay as well as a McDonald's or a Coca-Cola or Burger King or something like that. And just let me tell you from what, from what I've looked at this year, like the most, the most of hang on, we have to take a pause to say rest in peace, Buster. He actually passed away this week. Did he? Yeah. The guy of Dave and, Oh, Oh, no way. Okay. His actual name, but yeah, he passed away this week. Damn, Buster. That sucks. Yeah, I should find that. Sorry, out. Rob, I derailed you. Go ahead. Oh, no problem. But um, like, okay, the the big like, an abysmal failure of a YouTube video on the WWE channel gets like fifty thousand views. Okay, I mean something where it's like, oh, that didn't do shit. Is fifty thousand? Okay. I would okay. love to have fifty thousand okay. views per video on our like, on our YouTube channel, buddy. Yeah. Um. So just and they put stuff up there that just gets a hundred thousand views, like it's nothing. Um. They put. I mean, and they have some of these matches that they've up because they have a bunch of full matches that they've uploaded, and some of those have fifty million views, you know, eighty million views, you know, um, and and, and some of that stuff was just sitting up there and, and it's still getting more and more views, you know, even though it's been there for a while. Like, there's some of the older videos they have up there that have picked up 10 million views just this year. You know, and so they're they're piling up money on that. Uh, and it And they were very smart to jump on that train because the other social media forms don't really bring you in money like that. Uh, they don't. Um, so they were very smart to get in on that train, and when they do, because and as we've said before, they they have always been ahead of the curve when it comes to you know going to pay per view, 
when it came to going to streaming, when it came to going to syndication. Media in general. I mean, Vince McMahon saw um, closed-circuit television for what it was back in the day. He saw pay-per-view for what it was back in the day. Vince McMahon envisioned WWE Network back in the 80s. And then, right, and then... Territory days, he'd walk around and be like, "Hey, pal, let me buy you." And then they'd be like, "No." And he'd go, "Okay, well, I have a cable deal, and you don't, so uh, bye." Yeah. And so they they've always they've they've always been a step ahead. And then look, they were a step ahead when because now the the thing to do now is to not have your own service anymore, but just to license your content to some other service. Yeah. And right. they were they they jumped out. They were ahead of everybody on that. And when they when they did the Peacock thing, because. Running the network as a standalone wasn't just having the return. And so they make Becky Lynch and The Undertaker are playable characters in Rainbow Six Siege. Yeah, and um New Day was in was one of Call of Duty games. Uh, yeah, Gears and, uh, of War. Gears, yeah, of, Gears War. of War. Yeah, and so they you know, they've jumped ahead, they've been they've been ahead of people on that. And not just wrestling companies, they've been ahead of people in entertainment on yep. that, yeah. you know. For a long time. Um, Getting back to Vince McMahon for a minute. Vince is such a conundrum where that's concerned because he was ahead of the curve in terms of media, but like two years behind the curve in pop culture. Like Vince would bring Vince would bring out a star who was two years past being relevant. Well, that that makes sense on TV. But it's just the thing he put on TV. It's like, what are you doing? But that makes all the sense of the world to me. And that's the whole reason why when I when we started the conversation, I, I, that was where I went with the creative side of it and not the business side. But that makes all the sense in the world to me if you listen to everybody who's ever met Vince McMahon. He's obsessed with wrestling. Yeah. So, like, I remember there was a converse, there was a story someone was telling. God, I can't remember who it was. But they were on his jet. And they were talking about something. And uh, the dude was watching a, watching a, a movie. It was some funny movie. I don't remember. It was Friday or something. Beverly Hills Cop, something funny. And he was like, uh, and Vince was like, what you watching? He showed him. He was like, he was like, have you seen it before? No. Why would I watch that? We got Santino. Like Vince is so obsessed with wrestling that for him to know somebody that would be popular in popular culture, why would he know who they are? Right. Because they're not in wrestling. And that that speaks to Vince because Vince, Vince has always seen his wrestlers as stars. This is why they're WWE superstars. And Ed said this when him and Christian had their podcast together one time. He said, Vince lives in the WWE bubble. And in the WWE bubble, there are no other stars. So you actually have to open the door and let him in and show him, hey, there's other stuff out here. Because to him, his people are the celebrities. His people are the stars. And that was his vision for pro wrestling the whole time. 100%. And it's worked. And it's what set the... it set the bar for how a wrestling company can become profitable and mainstream. And it set the bar as to how a wrestler can become a, a star outside of wrestling. And I know we're going to talk about Mercedes. I, I think we're going to talk about her at the end of this. We are. We're going to transition to that in a minute. Just, yeah. I just want to say one thing about one, four, five thing about Vince, if, if you don't mind. What's wild to me about this entire story is I understand Vince was the CEO and the chairman of the board and head of creative and, all the superlatives that Tony Khan tries to give himself and all that stuff, right? I get that. And it was his company. He bankrolled it. He, it was a family-owned company before they did the IPA. I get, IPO, I get all that. What's wild to me is that in the bylaws of this company, they didn't work out, a, they didn't put in there a fail-safe that if something happened to that CEO, 
that they couldn't get rid of him in a way that would help the company from a fiduciary from a fiduciary standpoint. It's wild to me because if you guys remember the entire reason he was taken out, the reason he was excused or or asked to leave and he and he acquiesced, the entire reason wasn't because of the fact that he was sleeping with women and the company. It was the fact that he paid them with company money. Yeah. Yep. And because if it, he would have paid him with company money, it would have been just under the rug. Oh, wow. Disgrace Vince. Nobody cares. But yeah. because it was a problem with the FDIC, that's when it got dangerous. And they're like, you got to go. You know, and they had to change their statements and pay so much back and all this. That's why yeah. it got dangerous. So it's wild to me that there was no fail safe because every company has some sort of fail safe for a CEO or a board member who does something dangerous that needs to be dealt, dealt litigiously to get them out of there. Well, to that I say that's why at the top of this I was like, let's let this play out and watch how this actually goes. Because, again, do respect They might to just. Do, yeah, do their, do respect to this woman at Washington uh, Wall Street Journal. Do respect to Sean and all those people who are reporting this. This is still an ongoing present uh, like thing, so we're there's going to be multiple shoes to drop. I feel like, and it's so, one of those things and, where he ain't back until he's back. Right. And also, well, he can say he's back because he's the primary shareholder. So literally, the second he says, "I'm coming back to work on Tuesday," he back. This is not right. something. And, and if he shows up, then we have something to talk about. Yeah. And if the shit hits the fan, then we really have something to talk about. Um, my hope is that if he comes back in a business capacity, fine. Vince is a great businessman. He's got a great business acumen. If he's coming back creatively, we're going to have an issue. I don't want that roster shaken up. If those people are as happy as Ray says they are, I want to keep them happy. There's a lot of people on the WWE roster I like right now. There's a lot of people that they brought back that I like that I don't want to see leave. And, you know, I, I don't want to see that happen again. I want... Triple H is in charge of creative now. I want to see what he's got. You know, and, and I can look back historically at my WWE fandom and say, you know what, there was a lot of shit Vince McMahon did that I hated. Yeah. There was a hell of a lot more shit that Vince McMahon did that I loved. Sure. And as Rob has said on this show, for everything he did that you thought sucked, there were at least two things he did that you popped for. Things that you did that you loved. I think that day has come and gone. It's it's time creatively for WWE to shift. I think they've shifted in a good direction. I think Triple H has got some great ideas. He's got people he obviously believes in, people that he's brought back that Vince released, people that he wants to see try. You know, and I have no objection to anybody trying. You know, and if if Bronson Reed fails to get over, we tried. Vince didn't even try with him. Dexter right. Loomis. If Dexter doesn't get over, that's one hundred percent on Dexter now. We never gave him a try. Mia Yim, same thing. Dakota Kai, Io Shirai, Johnny Gargano. We could keep doing down the list of people that Vince wasn't interested in bringing on board that Triple H believed in and brought back. Now, if they fail, we can't look at creative and say, ah, creative yeah. failed them. Yeah. You know, now we can say, okay, these just weren't the guys or the girls. And, and that's what I want. Moving forward, that's what I want. And that's that's one thing about Vince that always irritated me was he never gave certain people a chance. It's like if it didn't catch on immediately, yeah. they were out the door. And I'm like, let it slow burn, pal. You know, something like Dexter, somebody Alistair Black. You tell me you couldn't have found something to do with Alistair Black. Well, and, and, and then you spent 
weeks, if not months, redoing his character, giving him these expensive ass vignettes, and the day he debuts, you fire him after that. Yeah, absolute shit. To, absolute shit to me that he fired Alistair Black like that. That yeah. I was still hot over that one. Keith Lee, same thing. And, and Ray, you said this on this show. They brought Keith Lee up and then changed everything that made Keith Lee special. And they were mad that it wasn't working. And they were mad that it wasn't working, and they released him for it. They punished him for it. Yep. Still pissed at Vince McMahon over that one. Yep. Okay, so no, I absolutely do not want Vince back in charge of creative because at least Triple H is going to give these people a chance. At least he's going to give them something, and if they make it work and they make, like, <clears throat> there are aspects of this Dexter Loomis Miz thing that I think are chicken shit, but I think they're making chicken salad out of it because the matches have been pretty damn good. So, you know, I'm interested to see where it goes. And, and my one thing would be, as Rob said, the metrics bear out so far that I'm not going to call it a rousing success, but Triple H is doing just fine creatively. Uh, yeah, he's doing no worse, if nothing else. Exactly. So my hope is this is the one time that Vincent Kennedy, by God, McMahon, is going to play it straight. And he's like, you know what? I just want to have this one final capstone on my father's legacy on, you know, the family company and whatnot and send us all off into the sunset. And, and I that wanna... may be it. He may be looking at this TV deal going, you know what? I don't trust these guys enough not to screw it up. Let me make sure they get the best TV deals possible. And then we can move on from there. That yeah. well, that's what I'm if hoping. If you are going to sell the company, yeah, obviously. I, 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 guess. I don't think they sell right now. No, they're not selling the company. That's just no. he's, – he's, 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 he's posturing. Why, he's posturing. I, and I, look, all y'all are right. All y'all said everything correctly. I just want to sympathize for those women who are going to be working with him if he comes back and how uncomfortable they may feel because yeah. that man has done some dastardly things with women in that company. Yeah. On and off screen, real and scripted. And, yeah. um, you know, there's a reason we're here. And I get it. He's a genius. He's one of the best businessmen we've probably ever seen in our generation in the past, in the 20th century. Give him all his, his flowers and all of his accolades and all of that. But he's still a menace when it comes to women, unfortunately. And I'm terrified for those women who are going to feel uncomfortable and have no other recourse. Because I guarantee you, 99% of the women that work there don't have the means to say, I can't do it, I'm leaving. Yeah. So yeah. And, and don't want to forget that, about that. That part of that playing out, which is why I'd be like, okay, let's let this play out for a couple of weeks and see what happens. Because, yeah. again... While we have all these reports so far, we don't have a copy of all the board's bylaws and, you know, yeah. everything like that. So, again, they may be looking at this situation and saying, all right, old man, you know, we'll we'll play chicken. And if you walk through the door on Monday, well, we'll we'll deal with that when you walk through the door on Monday. Yeah. So we'll Boy. we'll see. Yeah. What we have only in front of us what's been reported in the last eight, nine hours, and that's that Vince has made an official statement that he is planning on coming back to work and that he is posturing and, and essentially holding the company hostage, blackmailing them into letting him come back to work. I was like, look, we're not signing any TV deals until I come back to work. And, and that's it's going to be interesting over the next one to five to seven days as to what happens with that, you know, how does the board react? 
does he stand firm? Does he back down? I don't. Vince is not a back down kind of guy. How do his and kids? So, like, and that's that's, that's going to be the bigger question is, you know, I don't know how his relationship is with Stephanie. It's been reported his relationship with Van, uh, with Shane has been hot and cold over the years. Um, so I, it'll be real interesting to see the next seven days in WWE from a backstage standpoint is going to be real interesting. And maybe next week we'll have more to talk about on this show. Here's a real question. Knowing this controversy and knowing the 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 bad year that he's t- that this guy has taken um, professionally does th- does Rock not come back now because Vince is back Vince is back to dissociation. That's back Ooh. the Rock's a coward and doesn't want to bow to the travel chief. So that's the end of that. Come on. No, uh, from a business okay, standpoint, <laughs> I think the Rock comes back. I think the Rock. Um, I think he's loyal to Vince. Um, no, Rock is loyal to Vince. He think about it. The entire the entire Young Rock show, essentially about him, his dad, and Vince. So he's very yeah, loyal did. to Vince. But again, this is a guy who lives and dies on his public perception. And the entire Black Adam loss, the entire thing that happened with that and the DC thing, and how that was a that was a shot and a failure, <laughs> as bad as it was. You think he wants to take another public hit? The dude did a selfie, like, almost apology video today about, they, you know, yeah. sometimes you get knocked down, you have to pick yourself back up again. Because he did yeah. a movie I mean, that didn't make $600 billion, billion. Yeah. He wants to, at this point, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's super loyal to Vince, and he... I, I think he, it depends. He, the, rock, the Rock coming back depends on whether or not Vince is head of creative. I, don't so I think if Vince is just a business so. partner... He's close with he's close with Hunter, so I don't know. He is close with Hunter. Yeah, so. and, and I, I think I think even if he does come back again to play it straight and facilitate, you know, TV deals and the backroom stuff and whatnot. I mean, we probably know he's already still still texting Hunter about stuff. I I find it hard to believe he's been totally 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 hands off with creative and all that good stuff. Hopefully, it's just that, and he's just like, hey, being a bother other than. Uh, more than anything, Hunter, give him the burner phone, bro. The one that you yeah. throw in the back room. <laughs> yeah, yeah give, be like, hey, pops, I got a new phone number, and give him one of your kids' phone number. G- give him that Tony Stark Captain America phone. Yeah, right. Give him Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I think Ray hit it right on the head, though. Uh, that, um, you know, I mean, it, again, the, the environment there is so much better. For the, I guess for the women who work there right now, um, and so I mean we can, we can only hope that that if he does indeed come back, that it, it will be just it'll be to just to do this media deal thing and to maximize his share value or whatever. Um, and cause I said this back when um, when they, when Hunter started bringing those people back, and I said that that yeah you know, at that point. To that point, I wasn't, I wasn't like doing cartwheels because he was bringing all these people back, and I'd said that that I'd made peace with them being gone. That I, as much as I hated it when when a lot of them were released, um, you know that the time had passed, and that you know I just I had accepted that they were gone. Um, I think we have all accepted that Vince is gone. Um, yeah, and, not, and, and and not that we were begging him to come back ever, but. It was it was it was still very jarring when he said, "Okay, I'm out." Right. Um, well, that was our childhood gone. Yeah. Like every uh, single one of us, our childhood gone. 
Yeah, like and, and, and like literally with no transition. Like what I think of our childhood would be like Stan Lee. Stan Lee was goddamn what ninety eight years old. Yeah, we knew yeah. eventually Stan Lee was going to pass away. Right. Okay. We knew eventually James Earl Jones was going to stop doing the voice of Darth Vader. Like Vince was just like part of that childhood, and then he was gone. Like without even like warning, it was like all of a sudden, hey, I'm out of here, pals. Yeah, and um, but you know, but we, I mean, we, we we did get through it, and we did we did get to the point where we were like, okay, well, Hunter's in charge, and okay, he's in charge, so we're, we're still here, right? Um, and so now, I mean, no, I don't want him to come back. Uh, and and look, and as fans, we, we are all, especially us us super fans. Like the people who just who only watch the TV and don't do it and don't dig into all this stuff, I, you know, I won't put this on, on their hands. But us super fans who knew a whole lot about how Vince carried on, I mean, you know, look, we kind of look, we looked the other way on a whole lot of shit. What, uh, oh, we're absolutely complicit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we're complicit, no doubt. Yeah, and no doubt. Um, so now, and you know, and right now, you know, <laughs> we don't have to do that anymore. Right? We, we have, we have. We have been complicit in supporting a historically dirty industry, not yeah, just yeah. Vince. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, and so now, and you know, the more we get those type of guys out, you know, the, the better off we'll be. And you know, when 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 you know, when Laurenitis getting the hell out of there was a good thing. That was um, a good start. Yeah, and then and look, and then. You know, when they, they got, you know, they got to get Bruce out of there, you know, and, you know, I mean, those guys all need to, you know, for better or worse, they had, you know, they've been there, they did what they did. And, and but we, you know, to, it, it's, yeah, those guys, we need to get those guys out of there and, and keep them out and let, let them go do their podcast or whatever. Right. I, um, I would, I would say this to Vince McMahon, pal. You got 40 years out of a entertainment medium that without you would have died in the early to mid 80s. Like as it's known now, you yeah. got way more time out of this, way more mileage out of this than anybody ever could or would have. You have nothing left to give. Like let's let's sweep all the dirty shit off the table for a minute. Creatively, Vince McMahon has nothing left to prove to anybody. He took something that should have been dead and buried decades ago and made it one of the largest multimedia entertainment just juggernauts in the world. And, and it's something that will last. It will probably outlast us. It will probably be something that our kids' kids watch and their kids' kids continue to enjoy in some format or another. Right. And that's his legacy. Creatively, there's nothing left to prove, brother. You went out on a high note on one of the best WrestleManias of the last 10 years. Yeah. Creatively, WrestleMania last year was one of the best that I've seen since I started watching again in 2012. Honest to God, right hand to God, it's the most fun I've had watching a WrestleMania in the last 10 years. Go out on that high note creatively, buddy. If you want to come back and negotiate a TV deal, awesome. Negotiate the TV rights. Make sure that WWE has a good financial, you know, uh, foundation to sit on for the next 10 to 20 years and go back home. 
honest to God, just go back home. There's nothing left creatively. Anybody yeah. got any final words before we go into the next segment? Uh, no, but we, we, we better get on to, uh, yeah, to uh, Banks here. All right, well, let's get on to the next thing here. Going to talk a little bit of Wrestle Kingdom. Going to start off by saying I didn't watch it. I did see the highlight and the highlight of the whole night for what seems to be everybody. Long speculated, Sasha Banks uh, notoriously walked out of WWE with Naomi, uh, you know, about six months ago or so. It's been rumored, speculated, reported, whatever, that WWE quietly let her out of her contract back in like June or July. And, you know, there's been a lot of speculation as to what she was going to do moving forward. The speculation as, as the, uh, the hype for Wrestle Kingdom started to build that, you know, Sasha was going to be there. Then it was announced officially that Sasha was going to be there. And then she shows up 48 hours ago at Wrestle Kingdom. And I, I, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Like as a Sasha Banks fan, I'm bummed that they didn't work something out. Okay. I liked Sasha Banks. I'm not one of those psychotic Sasha Banks hung the moon fans, but I liked the character. I thought the boss character worked just fine. And I, I liked her because initially I hated her and I hated her for different reasons. I just, I, I didn't feel it. I'm like, who is this girl? What is this? I don't care for it. And then she slowly won me over. So I, I really enjoyed that. So when I found out again, that she was unhappy with what was going on in WWE and she walked out again. I was like, the hell are we doing? What's going on? Why can't we make this girl happy? Is it her? Is it them? What the hell's going on? You know, we fast forward six months and she's at least seemingly definitively out of the company. WWE officially, I think today moved her to the alumni section of the, uh, of the roster on the website. Um, I have mixed emotions about her. Um, her debut at Wrestle Kingdom against Kari Sane. I, I Mercedes Monet just doesn't. Maybe it's just because I've had ten years of Sasha Banks, and, and I have to recalibrate myself to this reinvention. But I, I'm going to start off with Ray here. What are your thoughts initially on this? I want to talk. I want to talk about the name first. Um, one of the best things WWE has done over the past couple of years is their uh, documentary series they had they had a w w24 they have the 365 where they follow someone for a year and all the different things they did one on sasha banks a while back and there was a part in there that i mean it hit me harder than almost anything i've ever heard a wrestler say and she said that for so long she was called sasha she didn't there was points where she didn't even remember her name I remember that documentary. It was really right. good. And again, same thing. It gets you right in the feels. It hits you because you, we don't, as a fan, as a fan of the sport that we're a fan of, that even goes, you can even think of football watching uh, my boy Hamlin get resuscitated on the fucking field. As a, as a fan of these sports that are, are extreme and, 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 and entities that are, that are dangerous, Right. That these, these people put their livelihoods and on, on the line in many ways, forms of fashion, you have to accept some level of culpability in that you don't care about their well-being to a certain extent. You have to. There's yeah. no way you can really truly care about their well-being and watch them do that. And I'm not saying you don't care, but there's a part of you that has to turn that off and ignore it while you're enjoying it, right? Um, and so that's one of those moments that takes that away. And you're like, man, 
to think about that because you know wrestling's the only medium where we expect them to be that person 24 7 sasha yeah. banks to most people is sasha banks they don't know who mercedes Varnado is yeah they know sasha banks you know but chris evans that walks down the street you don't say that was captain america you know you don't he's not steve rogers you know there's a difference yeah and so i felt that really really strongly when i heard her say that i just needed to be called mercedes for a while so i'm i don't like the monet part but again she banks monet keeping with the idea and the theme her jacket said banks in japanese so she is still appreciating the 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 lineage that she came from the reason why her hair was had the blue and the burnt was almost the idea about it from what i've been hearing is the burning of the blue into something different that's why it looked right like that, it's a transition right? period is what it transitioning, is transitioning 100 um well so i even so got a even got a promotion. She's not the boss. She's the CEO. She's the CEO, right? And and good thing for her because the boss was a direct offshoot from Snoop, the cousin. CEO was completely her now. Yeah. And so, so I the the names don't matter. Dolph Ziggler got over it with, as a name. I'm, I'm I can accept that, right? Cool. Um, I'm disappointed too that she couldn't work something out with WWE, but. She is a lot like John Moxley in the sense that she is such a a fan and a lover of the of the quote unquote sport of wrestling. Yeah. That to her it doesn't matter where she does it. Right? Now, Moxley's issue and, and Sasha's issue are similar but different. Moxley's issue is that he they wouldn't let him do the things he wanted to do. Sasha's issue was that she didn't think she was respected on the level that she deserved to be respected. And so completely different situations. And I'm not here to debate or, or, or you know, dissect that. But I, I, I don't think, I, I really don't think there's anything WWE could have done to bring her back. Not because they did wrong by her or not because she felt wronged. But because it's always been her dream to work in Japan, <clears throat> to work in um, Mexico, and part of her transition of being Mercedes KV to becoming Sasha Banks to becoming this new person that she is now where she's popular outside of wrestling. She's a major part of one of the top TV shows on all of entertainment. She's doing all these other things. She got a CD coming out, which is probably going to be trash, but I'm not going to judge her. Based on doing that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry. Look, look, uh, most but, wrestling musicians you know, are not good at the music. Most non can, most athlete musicians are garbage. Can, yes, word to oh, Dame Dow, the only good one. Can we talk for a second? I know theme songs don't matter a lick in Japan because the entrances are just whatever. Because the audience doesn't do anything anyway. But my God, that music was trash. It was trash, but <laughs> legitimately, legitimately, how many Kaze Nina Rays are out there, bro? Yeah. Not many. No. Not exactly. many. Listen to the entire. If you would watch Wrestle Kingdom from the Rambo to the end, I yeah. want you to tell me. I will pop for God's theme, Tanahashi's uh, God if the uh, oh, girls. Yeah. Well, Tama, Tama, yeah, but Tama wrestled. Yeah. It, I forget just if he came out to the Bullet Club's theme or his own. But anyway, no, remember they got kicked but, out of Bullet Club, so there's just oh, that's dumb. Time. Yeah. You're right. So anyway, yes, Girls Destiny's theme, his theme, uh, Tanahashi's theme is an absolute banger, and that's it. 
I, I can name more, but we, we can, that could be another conversation. Yeah, you know, sure. we don't want to go down that road. Yeah. I but you're right, there's not many. Presentation, yeah. that aspect of the presentation just matters a whole lot less in New Japan. Yeah. So. 100%. 100%. It is um, what it is. So I, I think she would have done this anyway. I think she still may come back to WWE, but I think she just, in fact, I said, Mockley, let me give you a better example. This is very similar to Dave Batista. And that she just had to prove to herself she could do it without WWE. Right. You know? And, I'm, you know, I, I follow her on all the socials. And, she, you know, she's been posting so much after they had some type of deal where she do nothing wrestling related until the new year. So as the new year hits, you start seeing her videos of her in, in Japan. And then after Wrestle Kingdom, all the stuff started coming out. And there was one thing she said, well, I got a bus. One thing she wanted from WWE was to get a bus. New Japan got her, and Stardom got her a bus, right? And all this stuff. I will say, and I don't want to, I know I'm going to be called hating because Sasha's fans, Mercedes fans, are, are Nicki Minaj-esque in that, like, you can't say nothing negative about her because you're hating. And I'll take that, whatever. But um, quite often in Wrestle Kingdom and, and New Japan, the way they, they don't have episodic TV. So the way they build stories is after a match, someone comes out, calls you out, we get the match that was at the feud. So her coming out after Kyrie beat Tom Nagano to do that, perfect. The move she hit her with, I don't know if it's Kyrie's fault or Sasha's fault, or sorry, Mercedes' fault, but it was horrible and it hurt so much of it now i've seen videos of her hitting the move and even when she does hit it i don't like it she that's her choice if she wants to use that cool i get one to do something different than the bank statement i respect it i do that move ain't hidden for me you know nah. it's, it's and some of it was the way Kyrie took it but yeah, somebody Kyrie posted a video of the move being performed properly and it still doesn't work for me Look, Even it, it, it's it, one of it, those it, moves that I say, who who got the worst of that? It, yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 there's no reason to do a backpack if you're gonna hit a DDT. Right, right. It's it's just I I realize we're talking about wrestling and in the grand scheme of things, none of it makes any fucking sense. But this is true. We throw somebody off ropes to come back. You're absolutely right. Right. But in but in terms of a package of a debuting superstar, it looked right. bad. The it most, needed to be more impactful, and that was not impactful. The most disappointing thing for me, and this is going to be controversial, and I mean no disrespect to anybody involved in any of this, but you know, as we've, as the more we've learned about Sasha Banks, we've learned that she is a big connoisseur of cannabis. Yeah. Good for her. She has apparently her and, and the former Kalisto Samurai del Sol have a very, very booming CBD line. Your Good favorite wrestler, your, your favorite wrestler, Kalisto. Amen. <laughs> Hey, he's my favorite wrestler now because he doesn't wrestle no more. Good for him. Like, hey, but he got some hands <laughs> though. He be fighting. He got some hands. I give him that. I um, wouldn't. I wouldn't call him out in a fight. No, God, none of the lucha. None Hell of the no. No. Um, but the disappointing thing to me was, and I don't begrudge anybody who wants to smoke, drink, whatever you do. I don't do it. Whatever you want to do is your life. Cool. But when you're in your field of work, and your field of work involves you having the control of some type of machinery or something that could hurt another person, especially being a wrestler where you were in control of another person's body, she would 
I'm this is all assumptions here, but all of us know what someone looks like when they're high. Yeah. She, she was lit out of her mind. Uh, Even Fred immediately co-signed it. She was zooted. She was and, and, and Jason zooted. is the resident. Right. Coach. I'm I'm halfway zooted right now, and I can tell you, <laughs> she sounds like she sounded like what I'm gonna sound like in about two hours. One hundred percent. And so I you know. That state, I shouldn't be doing DDTs or anything on anyone, including stuff. And we, yeah. and we, and we know, we know that she, her Boston accent is one. It's like, it's bad. It's very, very stereotypical Boston. It's not that accent. bad. Yeah. It's not. Well, to me, it is. I'm from Texas. No, no, so no. no I'm saying it's not that bad. The way she sounded oh, no. that night. It was way worse. Like it was like she had a draw to it. And, and I'll tell you guys, of- as someone who doesn't really have one unless they get intoxicated, mm. much like <laughs> many of my brethren around here. Yeah, guys, I'm sorry if this is controversial. She was fucking zooted. And and I, I'm not trying to make fun of her or talk badly right. about her or even criticize her, but it's disappointing to me because. This is your debut to the world as this new character. And your fans are always going to support anything you do. You could have came out there in in polka dots like Dusty, whatever. Whatever you could have done. And your fans would have loved it. But as a person who the Kenny and um, the Omega Osprey match, people are saying is match of the year. I don't doubt it. Those, Those two guys are amazing in ring. Jay White is apparently on his possibly on his way out of New Japan. Come back, come to home, come home, Jay. Big things happen. Uh, Muda as Keiji Muto had his big match, the triple threat. I mean, the, the uh, six man tag. Like big things happen. Tanahashi, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Takahashi won the junior title for like the seventeenth time. I'm being facetious, but only a little bit. Like big things happen in the night. But what the the the, the things that people will remember is Mercedes. And not only that, but Stardom and New Japan, or I guess just I should say the the, the parent company, Bushy Road, paid her almost Okada level money to sign. So for that to be your debut to the world, and I give her this, the look was does not for me, but I know she looked like a star. Now, did I do I like that? No, but I'm not a woman. That's not something for me, right? And and even, but I, but she looked like a star. She looked like somebody you would see, right? Immediately you, a big deal. One hundred percent. The package was cool, and then you get into the ring, you 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 hold the title up, and then that happens, and then your first match isn't even until February. So it it, it just seemed like such a disappointment for how it all went through. Otherwise than that, I don't begrudge her for, for following her heart. But do, WWE isn't the be-all, end-all. You can get The world has shown over the past four or five years you can get money outside of WWE. Yeah. And with her, wrestling money may be her supplemental income now, given all the other things she's involved in, with, with being a member of the Star Wars universe and the CBD lines and all this stuff. So that's the yeah. case. Cool. Live your dreams. Be, be the queen of the territories. Whatever you want to do. But if you're going to do it, like, at least have some respect for the things you're doing. And I feel bad for Kyrie because women couldn't even be on New Japan wouldn't even let women be at on the show. And, you know, last year, 
they had a match. They had two matches with Stardom. They weren't even televised. Go and watch my Stardom World. They went on the New Japan Wrestle Kingdom feed. This year, they're on the main show defending the title. Nobody's going to remember that match. They remember yeah. Mercedes is coming out. And that, that's yeah. so disappointing to me. Yeah. Robbie, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah. Um, well, okay. So as somebody, you know, given who my favorite women's wrestler is, you know, uh, I've had a somewhat uh, tumultuous relationship with Sasha Banks as a fan uh, because, the you know, the Sasha crew, you know, my favorite women's wrestler is like public enemy number one. Sasha is one of those cases where the fans ruin the experience for you sometimes. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, now, again, like y'all said, she always wanted to go there. So I don't, you know, I figured this was going to happen one way or another. Either she, you know, it's just, it happened earlier than maybe we thought it would. Otherwise, she was always going to go there at some point. So, yeah, and, you know, we wish the circumstances were better. Um, I guess, you know, I'm, I don't, I, mean, I don't really ever take one way or another on how this thing went. Um, uh, you know, I can see all y'all's points there. Um, I guess I wasn't really, you know, one way or the other, you know, other to me that, that move is, it's one of those things that's a little too, it's I don't know, too complicated to be doing, I think. And, but other than that, I mean, like she looked great. Um, and Again, I wish the circumstances were better, but for one thing for sure, I mean, again, like I said, she was always going to end up there some kind of way. I do think that, you know, this this, th- this thing where they reportedly were going to basically ask her to lose to Ronda, I mean, that was definitely, I think, a last straw because, well, she, look, she wasn't happy. She wasn't too... She, she wasn't that enthusiastic with the first go round of the Ronda Rousey experience. I mean, she's on record as you know being like, "Man, this is, what is this shit?" Right? Uh, so, I mean, and then she, you know, she put Ronda over during that one. So, yeah, I mean, for them to ask her to do it again, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's not surprising at all that that she was like, "You want know, fuck this," uh, and that you know, but. Yeah, you know, I, I hope that I do hope that this succeeds for her because look, I mean, you know, people need to succeed. It's good for everyone if if people do succeed outside of WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it's good for because you know, some it's not going to work out for everybody there, and or some people may, are never going to get there in the first place, right? Um, so it, it's good. If you know somebody succeeding outside of WWE is good for all of for everybody in the business, uh, yeah, I'm I am just kind of curious, you know, just what how's this going to go? Um, she'll be you know she'll be fine with bell rings. Um, as far as the other aspects of it, how's that going to translate? Um, you know, she cut a very WWE style promo. In terms of like the cadence and all of that stuff, um, you know that yeah, she's gonna that's gonna have to, you know that's not that's not what they do in New Japan. So I mean we'll see what happens there. Um, but I, mean, I hope she does come back I, now. But uh, nothing, maybe eventually she will. I I would advise everybody y'all gotta stop fantasy booking her 
being back next week, right? I mean, are you talking um, about the AW match? Yeah. Oh well, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about coming back. You know, people still thought. Oh, the WWE? Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, because, look, folks, she has a the big match in February. She's not working in the Royal Rumble. Okay. That's and not then happening. hopping on a plane and going back to Japan and look, later. If, look, if you're the promoter, would, would you you wouldn't let her do that because you got a big match in February. You want to get injured in a Royal Rumble match that she's not going to win anyway. And I'm glad um, you mentioned that because for those people who think she's going to be, they announced Tony Storm's going to be um, Soraya or Paige's um tag team partner in the tag tag match that's been booked for like five weeks people swear that was gonna be mercedes they've sworn from day one right why if you're new japan if you're bushy road why would you sign her and let her first match as the new person that left wwe as this new mercedes monet be in a tag match in AEW instead of in your promotion right buddy I have got, we are going to be, if we record on our normal night, we are going to be recording while that match happens. Yeah. Buddy, I have got a round in the clip for the internet wrestling community because they're all in on on Mercedes Monet being the mystery tag team partner next week on AEW television when she is not. Buddy, I have a round in the chamber. Well, I'll say this, wait until it's all over because I think she'll be there. You think she'll be there? I think she'll show up after the match. I don't think she's going to be in. You don't think she's going to be the tag team partner? Okay. Okay. I totally agree with Ray. Now that she's in the wind, okay. She might show up and she might be there. She was never going to be the mystery tag team partner because A, Tony couldn't have kept that a fucking secret. And B, (laughs) the other thing is, as soon as Mercedes Mercedes shows up, or basically, I forget what the timing was, did which happened first uh did tony get revealed or was it mercedes debut tony's tony, tony was revealed as the tag team tony partner was revealed what, a week just, or so ago no just yesterday it was okay. last night it was, was, last it, night. It, was last night? it was some reason i feel okay. like i've known that for like a week okay so so now tony tony went okay i have to prepare there's two two eventualities here tony said okay i didn't one once hit at mercedes monet and these people are going to be just swimming in disappointment if it's not her. So I need to tell them now that it is not her. Yeah. Obviously, it could be a you know some sort of cover. I just don't think so. I don't know. I I because number one, I want no part of the Sasha Banks in uh, Mercedes Monet AEW experience. I want no part of that whatsoever. I don't want the dentist anywhere near her. I don't want to listen to those promos. I don't want to you know no. No, thank you. I hope, I like, fuck, it's Nia Jax. This from Nia Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I hope it's Nia Jax. Or, but oh seriously, God. I watch this shit for Mortal Kombat, not for Desperate Housewives, you know? Um, and, not, you know, we like a little Desperate Housewives once in a while in the, you know, one segment on Raw. Hey, but I in like any Desperate case, Housewives. Desperate Housewives was pretty Housewives. was pretty good. <laughs> That's not my form of entertainment that I enjoy. Hey man, when Fury uh, Lane was popping, bro. I don't know what you're talking about. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I just don't want to do the whole inside baseball thing that she'd do with the dentist. And, and, and they will. They'll bring oh, it up and it's I'm not here for Oh, it. they already did. She she referred to herself in one of the in the prom, one of the promos last night as the boss. Oh. Uh. Well, there you go. Oh, whatever. Whatever. That, the, there's, there's a conversation that can be had about Britt Baker. 
Yeah, no, okay. we, we, don't have to, we don't have to do that tonight. I'm going to throw some two cents in here on the Sasha Banks thing. One, I think it stinks being a Sasha Banks fan. One thing that is positive that, that I'm taking from this is hopefully when Naomi comes back, Naomi will finally be able to shine the way Naomi should be able to shine because through this whole thing for the last six months, it's been Sasha and Naomi. Sasha and Naomi walked out. Sasha and Naomi aren't coming back. Sasha and Naomi may go to New Japan. It's always been and Naomi, and now I'm ready for Naomi. And that's not a knock on Sasha. Uh, Unfortunately, just... Things being what they were, Sasha was the bigger, ended up being the bigger star, but she was always Sasha first, Naomi second. Now you bring Naomi back, she's going to come back to a huge pop, huge pop, and you ride that wave with Naomi, and Naomi finally, finally gets her flowers. That's why I say Charlotte, Naomi, or Mania, man. That's all. I mean, I, I think so too. Naomi. She, she loves Naomi, she respects Naomi. They've had great matches. Oh. They had a mini feud that didn't get the chance to be finished because of other things, mainly whatever whatever it did with Naomi and Sonya for six months or whatever. It can work. Oh, yeah. And Naomi's gonna have bigger she's gonna have bigger gravitas than she ever did. But let's just remember this. When she returned to the Rumble a few years ago, I think I don't think it was in Houston, I think it was the one before that, but whatever one she wa- returned to and got that big thing. Kiki Palmer was like, I want to play her in a movie. Like, yeah. it was this huge return. And she wasn't even hurt. She was just gone for a couple months. So, like, after this? Bruh, come on. Yeah. It, it, they, they, they just had a, a star waiting to explode mm-hmm. in Naomi for at least six years since she finally came into her own as a wrestler. You know, developed the glow persona, became more competent in the ring. Yeah, I would say the last six years they have they have been just sitting on a powder keg with her, and it's finally time to let her rock and let her shine. Yeah, and I, it feels like that she got the stigma of being like the last of the divas era, sort of. And unfortunately, yeah, you're right. It feels yeah, like I mean, it feels that, like they lumped her that, in with that. She got the total divas thing on her still, and I'm not saying stink in a bad way because total divas is dope, but like, yeah, yeah. And um, so hopefully, yeah. I hate that I want to fantasy book this because I don't feel like you should. Okay, she's gonna have this big return, and then she's just gonna be, you know, side of these guys. But I very desperately want to see Naomi in the bloodline simply because I want to see her flex those kind of muscles, those kind of like bad intentions, semi-serious, a little more serious, a little more violence, a little more gravitas. Like, I think she could really shine with that kind of thing. She touched on it in Team Bad very slightly. And she started to to touch on it it um, when she was partnered with Sasha, when they were tag team champions. When she was sitting ringside with Michael Cole, and Michael Cole, with his whole chest, announced them as, what was it, the first black women's tag team champions. Say it again. Say it again. She looked at him and said, say it again. And I'm like, that girl right there. That that's yep. the Naomi I have been waiting to see for six years, and she was finally there. And I, while I, I don't think I want to see her in the bloodline because I want to see her do her own thing, I get I see the vision, Jason. I, I see where you're going with that because it will give her free reign to go out there and be the type of character that I know she can be. You know who should to be, be in the bloodline. I want her to show up and show and say and 
just prove through her character that she's taking orders. She's not taking orders from Roman. She's just kind of, I'm also <laughs> here. Um, just, I think she could establish that domineering personality where she's not, okay, yes, Roman's still in charge of the bloodline, but he's not bossing her around, you know, much like he bosses all the other boys around. I, I, I agree. Walk that line. Dude, they. Quick, quick fancy booking, just real quick. If you really want to give the bloodline a woman and give someone something to do and elevate somebody like the bloodline has done, put Tamina back in the bloodline. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. she's, she, she, she's a domineering uh, uh, personality. She's a powerhouse. The one character trait we know is she has an anger problem. She started with the Usos when they came yeah. in, you know, and you can build her up, give her something to do, and you could have that Naomi Tamina feud eventually where Naomi's yeah. the one person who didn't want to acquiesce, which is why she's quote-unquote being gone. And you could see Jimmy have to... Jimmy was always the one who, you know... Him and Roman never really made up like him and Jay did. He didn't really acquiesce yeah. like Jay. That could be something, you know? I don't know. There's... Anyway, but adding a woman to the bloodline can further that story like Sammy did. Right. Yeah. And let it keep going. But And nobody meaner than Tamina. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't mean it as a Naomi. I don't mean it to like demean Naomi in any way, shape, or form. Like, oh, just put her with her husband or just put her with her family. And, oh, you know, God, oh, no. Oh. Yeah. They're like, if you do, like Sammy, she's going to take a center role for at least a couple of months. And that's what it is. Being in the bloodline gives you a little bit more creative freedom to shine. It did that with Sammy. It it turned Jey Uso into a fucking believable main eventer. Yeah. It's not, I'm not telling you, it's just going to be solo where all of a sudden you're here, the muscle, you're the muscle, and you're going to be in some matches where it's, you know, you're here, you're the woman, you're going to be in the women's matches. No, 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 no. I won't drag you down that road tonight, but my God, we could have a whole conversation about Solo Sokoa. Oh, yeah. Oh, that dude has been a home run on every level. Yeah. That, that He's another kind of rocket that's like, you know, they're, they're starting some sort of pre-flight check. Not any sort of countdown, but a pre-flight check for that yeah. rocket. Yeah. They, 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 that kid's going to be fine. So we have gone long tonight. It's been an awesome show. Uh, any last words, any parting thoughts before we get out of here, Mr. Cash? Are you looking at me, camera? Come in close. <laughs> <laughs> Jay White, it's time, baby. It's Come time. home. We've been waiting long enough. You've done, this is your era. You've done everything you needed to do. You've, you've, you've main evented Tokyo Dome multiple times. You you sold out. Forget that dash from the Okada. You sold out the Madison Square Garden. That was you, brother. We, <laughs> you, you're the first man to ever be called the leader of the Bullet Club, right? There wasn't. It was. It was. It was a spokesperson before, but you're the leader. Leader and, of men. And, and, and hey, hey, you know what you can do right, right, right now? Yeah. AJ AJ Styles has got a broken ankle. And also, Gallows and Anderson right there. Or I'm just saying, hey, if he wants to come down in a few months and slap around a couple of guys who call themselves the leader, called themselves the leader of the Bullet Clubs, hey, you know, if he wants to spend a few months slapping each one of them around in succession, sign me up. I just want you to know, young Jason, Hmm. it's time. Come home. Yeah. We need you. 
<laughs> you it's, you have been summoned. Your wife is American. She lives here. You live here already, bro. Come on. In fact, from what I've heard, you live in Tampa. Oh, that's only an hour and a half away from the PC. Come on, brother. Come on. You're home. right in the backyard, man. Come oh. on. The 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 you it could be your error, the error of the switchblade in Titan Towers. Come on home. That's all I got to say, baby. Because when I heard that Jay White had a loser leaves New Japan, loser leaves Japan match with Hiko Leo, bro, I like to shit myself. <laughs> Man, I've been trying to get Jay White to come home for like three years. Well, maybe it'll happen. Maybe Hunter's the guy. You don't know. Come on, man. He and Cody finally have their final battle for both leadership of the Bullet Club and the rights to the Crossroads Switchblade. Jay would laugh in his face. Cody ain't no damn leader in no Bullet Club. (laughs) Adam Cole was more of a leader of the Bullet Club than than Cody Rose. No, please. Adam Cole was like, that's like being the, the, you know, the leader of Avengers West Coast. Ooh, boy. Adam Cole. Yeah, but Adam Cole led the, you know, the Ring of Honor Bullet Club. He was the American Bullet Club. You're right. I'm saying I'm agreed with you. I wasn't a big Bullet Club, Mark, but I loved watching Adam Cole get stomped out of the Bullet Club. That was great shit. (laughs) So that amazing. One of the greatest segments in history, and I know we're not Young Bucks fans here, but the Super Kick Party, when Adam Cole joined the Bullet Club, and they Super Kicked everybody, the cameraman, <laughs> and yep. fans in the crowd. That yep. was, that's one of the greatest things ever. I got to say, that is, that's a fantastic segment. I'm done. Right. Jay, well, before this home. turns into the Snyder Cut of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Yeah, okay. uh, right. <laughs> I got 15 more minutes on Jay. <laughs> Jason, you got any party thoughts, sir? No, no, I'm good. Thank you very much, gentlemen. This has been a great time. Great, oh, right? yeah, absolute blast. I think we all needed this after the last couple of weeks. Uh, the shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, Mr. Rob, how are you, sir? Uh, good, and 14 times. 14, 14 times. times. Rob, Rob, is, Rob is in bliss right now. Sasha Banks is a coward. She ran. <laughs> oh, my God. He did it with Tony Storm. He's going to do it with Sasha Banks. We, we traded Sasha for Jay. <laughs> Just like Tony Storm, Sasha Banks got run out of the territory by the 14-time women's champion. He is going to be unlivable. <laughs> unlivable over this whole thing. Oh, <laughs> All right. I am I am DJ. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Again, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. You can find us on the chairshot.com. You can also find us on YouTube, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. You can listen to us just about anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we're out of here till next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co.